0: Hello. <laughs> Hello! 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 <laughs> Hello.
1: Oh,
0: you it's like you a pack of wolves <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in... Usually sunny, sometimes foggy and frigid cold, Santa Cruz, California. But that's okay. We appreciate it anyway.
1: Yeah, huh? What's
0: the weather?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what time is it?
0: <laughs> uh. Hey, everyone. This is Eliza, and uh, I'm doing all right. Just want to put that out there. I'm yeah. doing all right.
1: You look good. You, look, you got red. You're you going red? I haven't. It, yeah. It, 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 you've been ktm for a long time now odd <laughs> well, i wear the over.
0: ktm orange hat so you can find me in a crowd it works good
1: it's brilliant i it yep, does
0: yep. it's not flattering for my complexion
2: is it hard to find lies in a crowd
0: that is true
2: yeah that not is. definitely not an
0: orange hat but yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is true <laughs> and of course that is the dulcet tones of a stumpy john what's up over here pre-gaming for next week woohoo oh. can't wait yeah this is the the group the quattro Right?
1: Yeah. Quattro fucking Cinco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes. And, of course, smartest man in the room. That's Naked Jim.
1: Hey, what's happening? Glad to be here. Yeah, looking forward to Mid-Ohio too. It is... Uh yeah, it's a pilgrimage worth making.
0: Mud, Ohio.
1: Mud, Ohio, well, what yeah. you were saying
2: is there's, it's going to be cloudy with a chance of nakedness.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, what happens in Ohio hopefully stays in Ohio. But, dude, I, th- yeah, people set the bar much higher than I do, that's for sure.
0: And then, of course, sitting in his garage, working on the project, he needs to have ready very soon, very, very soon, mm-hmm. it's Bagel.
3: Greetings from Roasty Toasty, Oregon. Oh. Roasty Toasty. Isn't- yeah, it's been up in the nineties here. It's hot, hot, hot.
0: We were joking yesterday as we were riding through the fog bank to get to uh, the races. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, "What's with this uh, heat wave?" Like, we're looking at a high of sixty eight <laughs> today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like you know. First of all, shout out to the people back east, uh, Pennsylvania, Vermont, New York. They're getting flooded out, and a lot of yeah. people's yeah. shit's getting jacked up. So it's <laughs> true. Yeah, hang tough out there. I am sorry to hear that. Well, and um,
0: apparently, anyone east of miles from the ocean
1: yeah yeah you're yeah. either getting scorched or you're getting flooded but it was kind of silly we're, like i was we were down in monterey yesterday led, left here probably a steady 63 degrees between 59 santa, <laughs> yeah between <laughs> santa cruz <laughs> breakfast in watsonville and back down to the track but it's funny as soon as we went what like two miles inland um mm-hmm. pow blue sky just blew up like just bam out of the yeah. clouds but it was funny i was, so i went back into it Backup came home. Yeah, me too. So so just quickly, I went up to San Francisco yesterday after the races. When we went over the hill into, say, like Woodside um, and all that on 280, it was 95 degrees. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. It was like 90 coming home. So back in the Santa Cruz, it was 70 or 68. No, I was
0: using my heated grips yesterday. Oh, gosh. And if anyone (laughs) wants to understand what's happening, why do we have such cold weather here? Well, this happens every summer when it gets really hot. You have the inland heated... Uh, Air meets the ocean, which creates a fog bank, which keeps it cold
3: here and 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 moist. the mountains that come on the other side of us. the
0: mountains. So there's all, yeah. I
3: thought
1: it was Mr. Freeze Meister.
3: It's basically a giant swamp cooler is what's happening.
0: Yeah. So we tend to have our cooler weather in the hot summers. The hotter it is, anywhere else, the cooler it is here.
1: Every Yahoo from Central California comes here.
0: You're a Yahoo, John. I am.
1: A lot of motorbikes (laughs) today, though. We were hanging at the house and you could hear them all day long.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: tons of bikes out.
0: I had people here this morning. There was somebody here. So normally I go out and open the garage at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. I have like uh, at 10.50, I'm like, I still have time to run and grab some food. And there was somebody out in the in the parking lot waiting. I'm like, uh, uh, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I just left them. And I came back and there were <laughs> two people. I'm like, uh.
1: So I was walking down. The, I was walking and you down. Shut
0: up, thankfully.
1: I was walking down the street and I saw you at this around the same time, and I saw you coming back on the scooter. And you you came on the scooter and pulled in the garage. And I thought, I, for some reason, I'm like, oh, you went to the auto parts store or something. But whatever, what I thought was, you project yourself so differently on that little Honda Elite scooter <laughs> with the, with the skid hid helmet than um, yeah. than like say on the skid hid with the flames, this, yeah. Like, then the 690 Enduro. I'm like, look at that nerdy old lady on the scooter. I'm like, oh, it's Liza. (laughs) On the 690 or whatever your boss is, you know, whatever. But yeah.
0: I I, I own that. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I'll quickly talk about today. So. I was able to help somebody today. There was a lot of just us hanging around, watching races on the TV. Yeah. That's been a good addition. Shooting the shit with uh, people who came by. We got to check out a an Aprilia Tourag.
1: Yeah, that was kind of cool.
0: Tourag.
1: It sounds like the Volkswagen name. Tourag. Yeah. 660? 680, I think. It was more than 650. That's all I know. Could have been
0: I would say that that's another legitimate entry into the mid midsize adventure bike.
1: I would say it's not it's not cost prohibitive for an Aprilia. Right. It, it's not. I mean, it, it was cheaper than I thought it was going to be. How much was it? You remember? Like twelve five something like that. No, oh.
0: uh, I looked it up. It was because I guessed ten nine, and you guessed yeah. like thirteen, so it was in between. It was eleven yeah. nine, so well, twelve.
1: You, it's a Tenere, basically. Yeah. It's an it's Aprilia Tenere. So a Tenere that's going to
2: break more. It's going to cost you much
1: more to. Maintain, yeah, but I thought I you know for like what is only fifteen or two grand more. Well,
0: it, but it bad. has traction control. I mean, it has its own little bank of things. But I think the allure of the ten A seven is is low tech. It doesn't right. have that much tech. Has ABS, which is now just common that you can easily turn off with the push of a button. It's kind of interesting. Comparing them, you know?
1: Yeah, well, it is because we've been like kind of, at least I've been very interested in these midsize, you know, adventure bikes now. And yeah, Teneri is much more of a scalpel feel to it, you know, much more narrow. Um, the other thing, someone commented, I didn't hear it because I was on the other side of the fence, but they said it looks like the uh, Trans Alp
0: oh the colors uh, yeah. red white and, the it was red, white and lavender it.
1: the whole look of it though the headlights i want to say if i remember but very trans out it's a dual headlight it. Isn't it, in the front i think yeah.
0: so <clears throat> so you know each of these bikes we're looking at i'm finding they're each kind of finding a, a one or two little things that they do that no one else is mm-hmm. doing on the cf moto i thought it was nice they had two electrical outlets for accessories right not seeing that well one and before.
1: one you could put your cigarette lighter in yeah one cigarette so lighter accessories
0: one usb on this one on the tour to tour, rod tour, i don't know whatever tourag. Aprilia, yeah Aprilia. the the brake the brake lever
1: oh yeah it was, that was clever. so
0: normally you have like one molded piece for the brake lever mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in this one the actual kind of spiked brake lever was held on just the just the foot little toe pad was held on with two bolts oh. that and it was kind of offset right that mm-hmm. dropped it down but it was designed so that you can unbolt it, flip it over now it's offset up to raise it up so if you're standing you're you want your foot peg your your brake pedal in a different position than when you're sitting because your right. leg is at a different angle on my uh, africa twin i bought a little riser that sits on the inside of my brake pedal so that i have a stepped
1: yeah, i've seen that. brake yeah.
0: pedal and in this case i just thought that was interesting they just made it it's clever that you could flip yeah. it over and it's spiked on both sides Whichever way it sits. I like seeing that kind of ingenuity and stuff. I know it's something small.
1: Yeah. And it might fall off, but still, it's clever. I (laughs) like that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And I think there was probably, you know, we were trying to delve into the electronics. And, you know, because, you know, that kind of matters more. Because all bikes, for the most part, most of them are coming to electronics now. And as we found with the CF Moto, some make more sense than others. Um, and I wish we could have found out more, because I think that Aprilia probably had more to offer than we could really sort out in the moment.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm really enjoying seeing more and more of these midsize. And, you know, I think, I mean, there was a while there, we were both riding our 650s all the time, and then we bumped up to leader bikes, and we were like, oh, yeah, I needed that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, do I? And I think maybe 650, a little shy, but in this seven to 800 range, a lot of these bikes are coming in. that might be... All the juice you need.
2: You know, I feel sometimes I feel like I'm less than because I have the 800 Triumph, but then I, I just I really love that bike. It's it's the right size. It's fast enough, but it's a lot lighter than a 1200.
0: Yeah, but riding down till the goodness sake, I just I, like I love my KTM so much. Well, you know, feels so good.
1: Yeah, it also depends. Like you know, none of us are getting any younger, and the exactly. and the big adventure bike. If you ride the adventure bikes like they're meant to, out in the woods. Um, they fall over and you yeah, got to yeah. pick them yeah. up and like I said my my Africa twin gets heavier every year um, Yeah, but it's a bitch a bike. So on that note. I actually got a seat in the mail I got a, a low Africa twin OEM low seat. Oh And I didn't come by the garage today with it But I put it on and, and? I can stand flat-footed with my knees bent really Ooh. on the Africa twin Which is quite game. How much did it give you like two inches? Uh you know, maybe something like that. I wow. don't know. I went from basically tippy toeing for right. the most part. Right. Not flat footed for sure, but tippy toeing for the most part. Um, to flat footed on both feet with bent wow. knees. So it it's it's game changing, but at the same time, still five hundred and thirty pounds of motorcycle. But Bergman's the only thing I could flat foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and,
0: so I said that I helped somebody. So the gentleman oh, yeah. came by today on the zero. Bagel's going, like you helped someone with a zero? Yes, this was it definitely in my wheelhouse. And he said, Wow. Well, you know, it's for about a year or so. I've been riding with the the, the handlebars are, are or the forks are crooked, and it just you know points one direction. I'm like, "All right, we can do this right now." He's like, "Oh, I wasn't I didn't want to get into a big project." I'm like, "No, no, bring it right over here to this fence post.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put it against there. Now push your handlebars, and the handlebars literally went about three inches around. I mean, it's there's a lot, a lot of flex. I mean, okay. and then it bounces back, and it and it and then he's like." That's it? That's it. Mm. Now sometimes it's all you need to do. It's kind of alarming how much flex there is. When you get your wheel against something that mm-hmm. doesn't have flex, because we're used to getting to hey, put it between your knees, there's flex yeah. from the body. You put it against something hard like a 4 by 4 post and then just push on the handlebars, it's amazing mm. how much you can tweak it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I can't believe it's that Done. simple. I'm like, yep. And he's like, "Well, wow! I, God, I just been putting this off, and that was so simple. And what else mm-hmm. you got?" He goes, eh, "My uh, throttle grip is loose, but I'll you know get to that." And and I look down, and it's the heated grips, like I have. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot of the time with the heated grips? They're built onto a like a harder uh, ABS. A cylinder, mm-hmm. so they're not the f- rubberized touching the the grip the bars. Happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah no, no, no. Let's just take off your uh, hand protector and back it up. Uh, no, there's not enough length in the wire that going to it. I only need a couple inches. You know what? I just run in and get a little tube of mm-hmm. super glue, mm-hmm. sc- but pound it pounded on. There you go. You're set. And he was just like, wow. <laughs> Like the like, you know, thinking he's in for like a big project.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, how did, how did <coughs> do you know how he ended up becoming a, a zero owner?
0: Well, he's got a zero and an, an Hmm. and a DRZ. He's got
1: okay.
0: a bunch of bikes.
1: Oh, so he's been around bikes enough. Okay, he's one of the wackadoos. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the other thing with the forks, <laughs> right, is you can just usually like just unloosen the triple tree clamps and ping, it'll. And pop that's back what in. I said.
0: If it goes back to offset then maybe something actually is bent and that would be the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, you know, it seems straight. Like, right. But if something is off, then it will pull it back Mm -hmm. to off. If not, you're good. If if it does pull back, it's simple as loosen the axle a little bit, loosen the lower clamps a Mm -hmm. little bit, not the upper clamps, as long as they're even. And then just give it a little wiggle. But yeah, it really is a Mm. scary how much play. There is in that. Um, we can... Oh, and just an update. We're going to have to keep getting updates. John. Yeah. Cooper, who came to the garage today, just before we sat down, yep. sent a report, he's, he's crashed.
2: Yep, in the ditch with his Harley.
1: Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, victim of the uh, John, Santa, John, Santa Cruz Mountains. John
0: got the, can Livens? you come get me? It's like, mm,
2: yeah. So he was headed home on 9, and he said he there was a little bit of a... It wasn't a landslide. You know how sometimes a dirt will just kinda of go out into the street. Oh yeah. And he didn't see that. So he uh lost ran over that, lost traction. Looked like he low side and and went into
1: the ditch. And he's on the Harley Choppery but kind of thing, right?
2: It's a it's a sportster. Yeah. Okay. Basically But you know, he the nice thing is he said he had a jacket on and uh 'cause I've always been lecturing him about mm-hmm. <laughs> about gear. Jacket did this job, no road rash, no nothing, got
1: up and he has he has good looking tattoos. He you does. would not want to mess those up. No, no, that's expensive. Okay, well, yeah. yeah, sorry. Glad he's okay. Yeah, he's good.
0: Well, good. I, you know, yeah. it reminds me. I saw some crashes yesterday. So yesterday we went, and it was the second week in a row of races at Laguna Seca. Woo-woo!
1: It's a good birthday month. Oh, birthday oh, month continues. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you, John, John to recognize. John yeah. was generous enough to buy us breakfast. Uh, well, yes, thank you. Jim's um, birthday In Watsonville. Week, my birthday very, week. Very much thank you. Craig
0: the Giant's birthday week. But yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Melissa's is, was on the first. We're just yeah, blown Melissa's blown. on Happy the first. birthday. Yeah. Yes. Oh,
0: and, and Mrs. Stumpy joined us yesterday, too. She did, yeah. yeah did yeah. she have fun?
2: She had a good time. You know, that's the first time she's been on the back of a bike since... 30 years ago. Oh, oh my God. Well, yeah. she was immersed wow. in it yesterday. That's yeah, she had sure. a good. She had a good time. Yeah, right was, I'm on. glad she had fun.
0: Well, it, and like all good rides, it started with a good meal, live to ride, ride to eat. That place is the eat. bomb. You yeah. like
2: that? Yeah, that place. Really, every time it's great. It's <coughs> a <coughs> hidden gem. Where'd yeah. You
0: go? So, Bagel. I don't know if you know about this place in Watsonville, Beach Street Cafe. Hmm. so it's um in watsonville it's in the middle of this industrial area where all the processing plants are for all the agriculture places and when we
1: say industrial it's farmland so it's farm industrial but
0: but the the road that this is on is all these big warehouses and and facilities Mm -hmm. and stuff and so normally this is like feeding the people working in all of these packaging plants and everything but on the weekends you can go in. It's an old school little, you know, diner mm-hmm. with bomb food, yeah. big, huge portions,
2: oh, huge so portions.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> great service. there. on it. And They got the outdoor dining since the COVID kicked in. I had a uh, yeah, that was a gr- chili
2: verdi omelet. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much chili verdi omelet. omelet. It was killer. Yeah. yeah, super proteiny too.
0: Yeah, next time you're in town, bagel, you got to check it out.
1: And the hash, yeah, definitely. Your wife got was the hash that that's, they yeah, split. That was good. Yeah. Numbnuts Matt, Numbnuts Matt rolled nuts. hard.
0: Uh, so then we rolled on down through the fog bank, the frigid cold.
1: That is Monterey. Uh,
0: yeah, to to Laguna Seca. Now, this is a completely different event from last week. Last week, we were at Moto America, which is... Um, there were Italians know. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any Harleys there this week. Um, mm. This is more of the club event. So uh, less vendors, less people, but more access
1: to Mostly, mostly and family and friends. I would say most of the people there yeah. are family, friends, and racers, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. It's more just a... Yeah, you can just... Whoever's standing next to you, you can start a conversation mm-hmm. with. It's like we're all there at a family reunion kind of thing, you know? Has
1: a, has a hint of AMA vintage days to it, at least when you go see the motocross racing.
0: Yeah, and they have a, a classic bike show. They've got a swap meet. They've got... You know, a lot ice of stuff cream, going on. Ice
1: cream, soft serve ice cream. That Ice cream's the best thing out have there. <laughs> yeah, y'all killed it right out the gate. Yeah, it was good.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, in this you have sidecar racing, you have vintage bikes. Now, by vintage bikes, it might be like bikes from like the 60s, 70s um, uh, to now these modern sport bikes that are, mm-hmm. I don't know, 20, 25 years old. So I think there's like Gixxers and stuff like that yep. out there, you know. Um, and they're getting on it. They're having fun. The, the sidecars are fun to watch. They are definitely are. Yeah. Um, but the other special thing is, and they only do it at Arma, not at Moto America, is if you go, so the Laguna Seca is basically in a bowl, looks like an old lake bed, right? You're, you're in, the, in this little bowl. But if you go up over the hill, pass behind the grandstands into the overflow parking lot field, they turn it into vintage motocross just for the weekend of, of Arma. I'll tell you, I love it. It's there. a great track, too. Mm-hmm. It's
2: a, you know, it's super hilly and sandy in the right spots. And
0: well, it's, 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 it's a proper. A, it's, old it's a, it works, we're at cool. another dish. It's a dish. And we just bring our folding chairs and we set them up on the edge of the track at the top of the dish. And you can look down and, and see the dish. In fact, you know, it, it is one of my favorite moments. It reminds me a lot of on any Sunday come to life. Right. You know, you
2: flying you, W's and everything.
0: You sit down in your chairs and these bikes start coming. You got old two strokes. Oh, yeah. You got four strokes. You got Pentons and, and all sorts of.
1: I saw an Elsinore ripping it up out there.
0: And we've got this nice, cold coastal breeze just keeping us cool and in the sun and, and just a view of the valley beyond. And it, it, and it creates this like perfect moment. And we're just sitting there taking it all and smelling the two strokes. <laughs> listening to the engines, chatting with anyone sitting around us. I, it's a perfect moment to
3: me.
1: You know, I, I and I think that moment's duplicated in a lot of America during the summer months. I think there's a lot of small town racing where everyone gathers with their family and friends and, puts on some old jerseys and and gets out the old dirt bikes and cuz literally this is in an just an open area of an old military complex basically and it's 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 a lot of up and down through some dry grass and oaks and i think they just drug a a farm disk through it a few times to create the track
0: and you get old people racing man old Mostly. people racing these old bikes yeah. it's amazing to see them up into
1: their 80s which is yeah. crazy. And you're right about the, the, on any Sunday feel to it, because you can be on different parts of the course and it's not big. And like I said, it goes through these Valley Oaks. Mm-hmm. And, but by the time we were there, even it gets so, it's so loose and loamy. The ruts are deep and it's not like a smooth road across track. No, no. It's like someone <laughs> dropped bombs across. These, yeah. you know, Cause you see guys are bouncing all over. It's, <laughs> it, it's very vintage. Like it, it's, it's fun to watch.
0: So I made a comment there. I noticed something that, It's hard to tell when somebody is fully geared up, if they're a young guy or an old guy, right? And you get young people riding the bikes, um, but you can tell when they crash.
1: (laughs) Yes. And here's
0: the thing. Young guys kind of just hit the ground, bounce, get up and grab their bike and go. Old guys flop over on their back, spread eagle, (laughs) assess their injuries first, and then get up and pick up the bike.
1: Ideally, <laughs> yeah. Young dudes yeah. Are, are trying to like run to the bike and pick it up. <laughs> Old people are fighting Jesus. Gotta take
2: inventory first.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a flop.
0: Like, what happened? Oh, they're up now. Okay, yeah, yeah, everything's good. But uh, so much fun watching that.
1: Yeah, very accessible. You know, you can like I said, we rode that right under the pits because um, you know we like to ride where you're actually not supposed to. <laughs> but do we rode like literally? We our first stop, I think, was the very top of the corkscrew. Past the no vehicle sign.
0: Well, we had, so we had Matt's with us. We had Matt's. We had uh, Num Nuts Matt. And then we knew that Breaking Away Matt would be there. Yeah, And then we had Matt, who had joined us last week, who needed a nickname. So we could discern... (laughs) And so Was it John Were you the one We are like We don't have to give him A nickname He'd just be Matt also We're like Okay that's good enough Matt also So that's now his name Is Matt also (laughs) He didn't seem terribly pleased
2: It's better than numb nuts.
1: I I voted for Matt The night ripper But you know
0: Jim you had a theory About like When you first meet Liza You need to do something Big like Catch on fire or something So that will be your nickname It's
1: true You gotta be proactive You ever come by the garage And you're about to get Nicknamed by Liza Absolutely, do something dramatic, like light. or you'll
2: end up with Stumpy.
1: Oh, yeah, light yourself on fire, <laughs> punch the biggest person in the place. I don't know. That would be Liza. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it definitely control your destiny.
0: So yeah, so we get there, and um, <laughs> the first thing we do. So I had had this this plan. All right, here's the thing, guys. We're just going to roll on into the paddocks. Oh, mm-hmm. well, remember last time they tried to stop us? I know. I just, I just. Went hey! and a point. You just the thing is, you don't stop when somebody's trying to wave you down and point to where you're going, like and, you, yeah. you belong there.
1: Let's speak Italian.
0: <laughs> bada bing, bada boom,
1: and <laughs> <laughs> just keep going.
0: So that happened again this time. We're going the first time. I just he's like, huh, hey! and I just held up my wrist, like I was trying to show him a wristband that didn't that wasn't you know there i'm like hey yeah, and i just kept going and then jim what did you do
1: i did the same well john was distracting him and i just said bada bing bada boom right and
0: john what, what did you do
1: i said press he goes oh, okay the most important thing in those in those circumstances is never look behind you just never keep, look behind just you just
0: keep on going never look behind you and then of course we parked. They
1: have a gun with them
0: Mm. <laughs> Where you're not supposed to... What, see, yeah. There's really no there are no rules. Here's my thing. As long as you're not like... Being respectful, you know. We parked in a p- place that wasn't in uh, the way of anybody's shit.
1: No, yeah, but it was closest to the self-service ice cream. <laughs> it was like 10 steps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and then just what a beautiful day. We walk over, check out the bikes. I got to see a bike I've never seen in real life before. Mm. But... Mm. I have a model behind me, so one of these models I've had for decades. The uh, Harley, the XLCR, mm-hmm. which is what like is this like late seventies, eighty yeah, two maybe
1: eighty one yeah. something AMF,
0: like that. AMF
1: AMF era. Yep.
0: AMF era. It's
1: The best thing AMF did. It's a besides bowling balls
0: factory <laughs> cafe racer from Harley.
1: <laughs> it's a good looking bike. Oh, wow.
0: It is. I would never want to ride it. I assume it rides like crap.
1: Yeah, I don't think the technology's changed much over the years. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a beautiful bike, though. I, love, but I It's a good-looking, good-looking bike. bike. It's a good-looking bike. There was
0: one there, and there was a bunch of other other stuff on display. Ran into Rob Talbot, who was judging uh, the bikes.
1: Yep, Rob and crew.
0: I asked him if he wanted my input <laughs> on the judging. <laughs> he said he was good.
1: But if there's any food on <laughs> a stick, let me know. <laughs>
0: Uh, but then we walked over to go watch some racing. So
1: did you ever catch up with Yuri?
0: No, we were looking for Yuri. We never found him, yeah. No, we, yeah, we walked around the pits. I found Dave Roper. Yeah. Dave Roper. If you don't know, he's a legend. Bagel, have you heard of Dave Roper?
3: The name rings a bell.
0: I interviewed him for Rev Sisters. I thought he was on our show once. Or maybe, I think I may have interviewed the filmmaker who made the film about him. Hmm. Um, Dave Roper is the only American who has won at Isle of Man. Right. Yes, we
3: have talked about him before. And that was like,
0: what, 78 or something? It was a long time ago.
3: Uh, I don't remember.
0: Maybe it was 80s. It was a long
1: time ago. Yeah, I'm trying to look now. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: 2011. No.
2: Yeah, we'd be running a store, yeah, uh, Isle of Roper. Man TT. Yeah, w- when w- did he win? V twin in the 2011 TT. That uh, was Isle of Man. Uh, no, not 2011. Thank
0: you, 1984.
2: Yep. Well, I guess he must have rode it again, because it definitely says he rode in 2011 there.
0: But, so he won in 1984. This is no small feat, and he's still the only American... To win the TT, but what's more amazing is he has never missed a season of racing, and the man is seventy five years old. I asked him, I'm oh, like, "How won, old are you now?" He won wow.
2: twice. Did he win twice? Twenty eleven and twenty and eighty four. Okay, yep, cool.
0: Um, he's seventy five. He looks like a homeless Santa Claus, you know, with his white hair and beard. Um, and <laughs> yeah, he looks just, like he weighs
1: about a hundred pounds. Just
0: a smile on yeah, his yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, cool dude out there racing a um, uh, the, the Italian that owned Harley Davidson. Aramaki. Aramaki, thank yeah.
1: you.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think they owned Harley, but... No, I think it was the other way Harley. around. No, I thought they Har- owned Harley. Harley con- no, I think Harley just, just contracted with them mm. to build bikes.
0: Okay. So um, he's a legend, out there uh fun 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 just 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 to say hi to him It's i, I always look forward to that
1: he's just so into the scene because we 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 had found where he was at and i think he was in stall or whatever they call it bay number one mm-hmm. uh because what we noticed was his leathers mm-hmm. were up and someone had commented a year to like the year or two ago dave over got new leathers and it was like the biggest deal because <laughs> like i guess he have been racing the other ones for so long but what a nice generous guy we stopped and chatted and and he was all into it, and he was carrying a clipboard for some reason. But yeah, that guy's tough.
0: Yeah. So um, we went up to the carousel. We took, um, yeah, we took a, a numnuts mat up there first time at Laguna Seca.
3: Yep. You Mean corkscrew.
0: Corkscrew. I keep saying yep. that. Yes, corkscrew. <laughs> and uh, watching the racing up there. Oh, it was it was nice.
2: The track looks so good right now too with the new pavement. Yeah. Nice.
0: And the sounds of the bikes at the racetrack you know you get when you get racing old bikes you get big throaty twins you know and you get these two strokes and you get oh
1: yeah well, you're, you're clamped over there i love it you tell totally you <laughs> dof- tell the difference like especially when you're at the um, the uh, start and finish line because that's when they're all kind of wide open um and it's amazing how throat and throaty and toughy some of these old british bikes are mm-hmm. you know the triumphs and the nortons they're they just have this sound like a Spitfire kind of, very identifiable. But that's one of the cool things about Arma um, is there's such a huge breadth of motorcycles all in one class, and as we were saying you can get close to it, just being at the entrance when the bikes come on the track because you can stand right yeah. there, it's like you're getting a, a a motorcycle show every 45 minutes or something like that of just these, these really bitchin' purpose-built all I, sorts of race places.
0: I could go to sleep to the soundtrack. Oh, I love
1: this. That's because you sleep with John a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now
0: I get it. Well, you, you get a little taste next now I get it. week. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can you He's different word than taste. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. What a great day. Great views. Great weather. Um. Yeah. Uh, just watching, racing, but then um, what you missed, so you yeah. had to leave early. Yeah. Then we went up, back up and watched more of the dirt biking, and then I went back down, um, <clears throat> and then uh, I had collected uh, m- m- uh, nuts Matt and Matt also. I'm like, hey, um, you want to go, go back up and watch the dirt biking again? N- neither of them had been there yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's go up there. And as we were riding, our, we're just using our bikes. That's why I wanted to park in the paddock, because I'm just using my bike to get everywhere. And as we were heading out of the paddock, I heard on the loudspeaker, coming up in this race, Dave Roper and and Robert Egeter, our friend yeah, Robert, uh-huh. uh, who comes by the garage, he was racing. So even though they're following me to go up to the dirt track, I'm like, hold on. We're gonna go around to our secret camping spot viewpoint.
1: Oh, is it like turn eight or whatever it yeah. is, right before the corkscrew?
0: <laughs> and and um, um, Mike Moore showed us this last year. Yeah. And it's a uh, this amazing viewpoint right at the other side of the corkscrew, the hill coming up, and it's a left hand turn going up the hill, and right as we pull up to see the vintage bikes go, somebody crashed, <laughs> slid across the track, and was laying there motionless. Oh, jeez. hmm <clears throat> I'm like, oh, shit. And we jump off our bikes, and we go to the edge. And I could see him kind of like flopping, and he was trapped under the bike. Now, there's a flag stand there, and the flagman is just waving the flag up in the stand <clears throat> to all the bikes. And I can hear him on the walkie-talkie going like, what do I do what do I do? Because this guy is trapped under his bike and even i was turned to the mats i'm like i don't know should we run down there should we help i mean this is an organized track you shouldn't have to jump in but we were for quite like minutes are going by and nothing's happening and he's just lying there and writhing and uh finally welcome,
1: welcome to the big leagues
0: yeah finally the emergency crews show up and we sat there and watched. I mean, we're, he's just right below <clears throat> us. We had a perfect view, but I was concerned it might've been Dave or Robert. I couldn't, it was a vintage bike and I couldn't tell cause he had the helmet on. And, um, <clears throat> finally the helmet came off. I'm like, well, it's not Dave because he had, he was kind of bald. Um, and then they sat there, they cut the leathers off him completely. Oh, wow. They, Ooh, he wow. was just down to his underwear and boots. <clears throat> and then, uh, <clears throat> they put him in the neck collar and it took quite a long time. The process, just, it was kind of fascinating mm-hmm. watching the process it takes to get not only the bike loaded on a trailer, but getting this person assessed and loaded. I want to say it was in all like maybe 15 or 20 minute delay in the race uh. <coughs> until they can continue the race. Um, but it was also just kind of shocking that we just happened to ride up in, in the perfect viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm. I later I was uh, down in the the Lake Bid area, and I saw the ambulance crew. So I pulled up and I just said like, "Hey, uh, that that crash in Turn Eight uh, is he okay? And like, oh, concussion for sure. He was clocked. And that's why I think he mm. was like wriggling around, mm. and he was yeah. his foot was stuck under the bike. <clears throat> but um, I'm like, oh, that yeah, it's kind of scary." But he did. He did the old man flop on his back.
1: (laughs) He wasn't running to pick it up and get back in a race, was he?
0: No. Oh
1: gosh, that's That's what was concerning. got his belt because that's not a slow curve.
0: No, and I have to say, knowing the age of some of these racers, it is like it is scary. I mean, I'm afraid of tripping on the curb. Look, most of my injuries come in my sleep. I wake up in the morning injured, and I don't know what I did. Let alone getting on a motorbike when you're older, like. Racing around a track.
1: Well, you had mentioned. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but uh, R one Rich just got into the racing game. Yeah, and for someone as skilled and capable oh, wow. as he is, mm-hmm. you know, the track's a different thing. Uh,
0: yeah, he's in his sixties, and he just decided to start racing.
1: It's great.
3: Nice.
0: Yeah i know he told me he was shitting bricks out there so what
3: did you know what he was on <laughs> so, what was yeah, he so racing he,
0: so he's he's r1 rich he has an r1 but that's yeah. not what he's racing on. he yeah. bought somebody's sv650 race oh, bike right. who yeah. stopped yeah. racing and he said god damn it the first lap my shifter lever fell off for <laughs> <No. laughs> the, the first race and then the second race my, um, my left foot peg fell off.
1: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the big leagues.
3: That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, Now it's time to, to make it your own bike and not some, something that somebody else has been maintaining. Yeah, exactly. Three, you three, buy someone years. else's
0: race bike, shit going to fall <laughs> off. <laughs>
3: yeah. I got to go through that whole thing now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what a great, what a great weekend and hanging out with all the mats and Craig, who is doing his classes there. Yep. Um nice. and then uh Craig right when I was leaving, Craig's like, I'm gonna go enter in the slow race with the CHP. Oh hey I hope them trial riders don't show up. They mess it up for everyone.
1: Craig's <laughs> a trial rider.
0: I know, but they're on trial bikes. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and true. and he
0: was gonna be riding, I think, a TW two hundred.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, another good weekend in the bag. Yeah. Um, For tonight's topic, I thought it'd be interesting. And it kind of ties in a bit with everything going on in the races. You know, when you go to the track, you take a certain risk, right? The risk of of injury. Um, And I think the same applies every day we go out on the road on our motorcycles. We're taking a certain risk. But, you know, um, this ties in with something that happened to Bagel years ago. And Bagel, you may recall when you crashed your Vespa. Do you remember Um, the situation?
3: Which crash are we talking about?
0: Gravel in the road.
3: Yeah, that was on the Stella, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe there had been some repairs to the
3: road. Yes, they had made a patch on the right-hand side of the road uh, approaching a turn. And uh, they did this in... November when it was too cold to be doing road work. So the patch didn't set properly. And as cars drove over it through drove over it through the course of the day, it just turned to gravel and literally covered the entire side of that road, that side of the road in gravel in the middle of the turn where it could not be seen at, at eight o'clock at night on on a dark November evening.
0: Right. And you had said, and when you were giving us a report years ago, you said, I'm gonna sue the city. And I, I don't know if you meant it. And I don't think you ever did.
3: But it No, does, I didn't. But it does but bring should've. up the
0: question. And I mean, and Jim, you work for the city. Does it take a lawsuit to to create change, to elicit change? If he had sued, and I don't think you were suing for financial gain. I think you would have sued to teach them that they can't do that.
3: Well, oh, the yes, financial and, gain and, too. <laughs> well, it's not not gain, but to cover the cost of my repairs, which. Which is still, the bike still has not been repaired from those, right. from those, uh, those dead damage, unfortunately, I mean, not Jim, entirely. Is
0: this what it takes? Do you think? Because well, we are, no, I mean, for any of our international listeners, we have a reputation for being a litigious country. So <clears throat> is that, is that what you have to do to elicit change?
1: Well, yeah, with no doubt, America is a litigious society, you know, and, it, and it's unfortunate. Now, now it does make for a lot of safer stuff, right? I mean, you don't see the workplace deaths and injury like you do in other places. A lot of good comes from it, but yeah, like like Shakespeare said, the first thing we do is kill all the lawyers, um, <laughs> and and really, in bagels, it, it depends on the situation, you know, if it's Cal, if it's Caltrans, right, the California State Maintenance System and Bagel crashes on a scooter, and whether it's their fault or not, they're going to deny it. Good luck getting the money from them. If you do actually get your – and you have to pay for everything up front. If you do get your scooter repaired and you do follow through with the paperwork and you are patient and diligent, you might get the repair and medical bills covered at the end of the day, but they do not make it simple. And, again, it does help elicit change, uh, but, again, it's the size of the the organization. You know, bigger the organization, less impact (laughs) – but it it certainly helps i mean fucking the pocket pocketbook gets people's attention
0: but then i think there are sometimes that people are also abusing the system so i printed out a bunch of lawsuits involving motorcycles that have happened over the years i want to discuss so we can talk about our our opinion on them
1: do we get the thumbs up or thumbs down (laughs) yeah like
0: (laughs) and some of these there have been a settlement and some are are currently ongoing on this one and talking about you know city and maintenance Uh, This one is motorcycle rider injured by Ann Arbor Pothole. And this one, uh, Christine Harris, whose complaint stated she was traveling on southbound Pontiac Trail near Moore Street, claimed the May 2019 incident resulted from the city's failure to properly maintain the roadway. She was riding with her ex-husband, Kenneth Harris, who immediately realized they were going the wrong way on a one-way street made a U-turn and hit a pothole that caused the motorcycle to tip over and severely injure Christine Harris's ankle, court records state. The city tried to claim governmental immunity and moved to close the case, but uh, Judge Tim Connors denied the city's motion, concluding there was a sufficient question of fact as to the city's liability. The city appealed to the Michigan Court of Appeals, which heard arguments and issued an opinion in January stating the trial court did not err in denying the city's motion. While the city claimed it lacked knowledge of the pothole in question, evidence submitted by the plaintiff showed there was progressive deterioration of the roadway over a period of several years. Despite any mm. roadway defects, the city maintained it was reasonably safe for public travel. So Bullshit. we got a couple things here. So this is a poorly maintained road with a pothole, but we also have somebody who went the wrong way on a road and made a U turn which then caused them to hit a pothole and the passenger was injured. Who's at fault here?
1: Hmm. Well, uh, there's different ways to look at it. Um, What I'll say is, like, anytime you're on two wheels, you're going to get the short end of the stick from the system. They're going to be like, well, you're on a motorcycle. I think that's a lot of the attitude. Um, At the same time, if you're on a road and you know it's bad and you should be able to see the pothole, okay, there's something there. You have to have some ownership there. But here's my little caveat, and Bagel, maybe you'll agree. We pay a lot of fucking taxes, and it's like, if <laughs> yes. it's a public road, unless there's a sign-up, like if you go to New Igeria or Ghost Town, yeah. hey, you know, it's a public road, but we don't really maintain it, so or beware. Right. Cool, right? Yeah. But for the most part, like... Your public roads should be maintained properly. And the reason I'm so adamant about it is we do pay a shitload of taxes. And it's like, at least in California, fix the roads. fact,
3: Those those, those high gas prices that you pay, that's supposed to be going for road repair at all levels. Now, in fact,
0: Bagel, his scooter was designed to avoid potholes
3: yeah
0: <laughs> it's true well to make it
3: easier to, do, to, <laughs> to be able to holes, go around so potholes
0: caused by all the bombings
1: so what i'll say is, but you have, to, is, you have sure. to be able to see them though yeah. that's the thing <laughs> is we should hold i think we should hold our road maintenance to a bit higher standard here based on the yes. taxes uh, is there any well,
0: responsibility on the part of the <clears throat> writer who made a u-turn on a street where they shouldn't be
3: I don't think that part really enters into it because it wasn't the U-turn that that caused the accident. If they had been coming down the road, going the right, the correct direction, mm-hmm. and hit the pothole and and came off that way, then you know they, that still would have would still would have affected them. The the problem is that it is the city's responsibility to maintain the roadways, and when they neglect to do that, they're putting the public at risk and that that is their liability that they're responsible to to fix because that is their responsibility to maintain because they are paid to do that by the people as you were saying Jim by paying their taxes
1: yeah now okay. i know i know half of our listeners are like turning over and like just well let me play devil's out. advocate here well there, yeah okay go ahead so a couple of things uh there i think there's certainly some <coughs> egregious
2: situations and perhaps bagels was was egregious but um is it really the government's responsibility to make sure the roads are hundred percent safe for motorcycles?
0: Ask the city. employee. Yes. I mean, that's, but you know, <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know. What I'll about, say. what about tar snakes?
3: Because, what what about bicycles? Should bicyclists have to die because they don't want to fill in the, the holes in the roads?
1: I don't want to say too much, but go to a bicycle, so. go to a bicycle commission meeting in a, in a liberalish type city. These people go fucking ape shit. And if you want to see <laughs> money spent on bicycle safety, to me, it's the the pendulum swung the complete other way. So yeah, we go over overboard to make bi- bicycle mm. roads safer. It's safe just hard bicycle. to say. Wait,
2: what's the standard? Like, what about tar snakes? Do we yeah. or, or should we not do that? What about grooves in yeah. bridges?
1: Well, my devil's advocate thing is, dude, you're a shitty rider. If you're on a motorcycle and you yeah. have someone on the back, you should be able to look at the road and be like, "There's a pothole or the shitty pavement." Like, I mean, don't be a shitty rider. But at the end of the day, if I did yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down, I'd be like, sue the government. They should be better.
3: Right. There's there's a difference between, you know, tar snakes and bridge grates and holes in the road. Because holes in the road can swallow your tire, especially when you ride on small tires like scooters, like I do. You know, when you have a you know a 12-inch hole in the road and you're riding a bike with 10 inch tires, that's a problem. <laughs> like that's that's enough to to literally cause you to go end over end. On on the so, road, but and if, again, devil's advocate. Is the government supposed to think about all contingencies in yes. all types of vehicles? They yes, because they are licensing these vehicles for road use. The roads should be should be capable of supporting them. And period. I'm all for good roads. Let me just say that real quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, period. Because if if they are licensing these vehicles for road use, the roads need to be able to support them.
0: All right, so End of story. I want to move off of this one because we got more to talk about. I will tell you there is a...
1: So do we get to be a jury? There do we is get a to have resu- a jury there, no, result? You, yeah, we
2: should one, do that. We should
0: take a vote. I'll tell you what actually happened. Okay. Because in this well, let's case... let's take a vote first. And then you no, can no, no, take... because we got more to go on to. In this case...
2: <laughs> I already know the answer.
0: The courts that. did agree, and they gave her 99000 in the settlement. And... So it went to trial. Shortly after, city council voted... To go forward with a four million dollar project to repair those surrounding streets.
1: Well so done. So this good. is a
0: case yeah. where, and ninety nine thousand sounds like hospital bills. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. did elicit change that made repairs to those streets. Yeah. So would you say that that was a good and fair outcome of a lawsuit?
3: Sure. Yes, but it could have it could have ended better if they had maintained the roads properly in the first place.
0: All right. Well, I want to get uh, everyone's opinion on this next one, Jim. I gave you a very special one.
1: Okay, near and dear to my heart, of course. (laughs) Uh, Petaluma motorcyclist sues dairy farm after crash involving cow. (laughs) I don't think there's anyone within earshot of this podcast that has not seen a cow on a motorcycle. Uh, Cow on a motorcycle. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> see the cow while riding the motorcycle. I Thank you for the on. clarity there. <laughs> I want to see that topic for another day. Yeah. Uh, the motorcyclist <laughs> suffered major or major injuries that weren't life-threatening, according to California Highway Patrol. A pedaling motorcyclist who contends he was injured, I like contends contends he was injured last month after crashing into a cow that wandered onto a roadway, is suing <laughs> the dairy farm uh, that owns the cow. According to the civil lawsuit uh, in Sonoma County Superior Court in Santa Rosa, uh, Mr. Lake is accusing Cle- McClellan's dairy of negligent, negligence in the wake of the crash. The 47-year-old alleges McClellan employees did not maintain and secure a pasture gate that prevented the cows from wandering onto Bodega <clears throat> Avenue on the night of June 9th. Uh, makes me want oysters all of a sudden, Vodega Bay, Vodega <laughs> Bay. You know, yeah, uh, yeah I know. Uh, Those breaches were the actual and proximate cause of the subject incident. His lawsuit states that sounded expensive. Lake suit contends he suffered wage loss, property lo- okay, wage loss, property loss, <clears throat> medical expenses, general damages, property damage, and earning losses. Two times. The lawsuit does not identify specific damages he is seeking, and his attorney did not respond.
2: Mm.
3: So,
0: cow in the road. Should the farmer be sued?
3: Yep. This isn't yep. a city we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, no, this is business
1: Petaluma, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, but they're not. Poo- they're not suing the city, is what I'm saying. But this they're happy. The
1: city. Cows. Okay, no. <laughs> Haven't you seen the commercial? Those are happy cows up there. He was dancing. But in the road. this is. Yeah.
3: But a distinction I want to make is that this happened in a, at least a residential area, if not, and you know, within the city, and. It's it, from what it sounds like, this is not open range territory because those of you who've ridden across the country know that there are places that are that are have signs that say open range, which right. means mm-hmm. you are you have to expect there could be livestock on the road and be prepared for that. If you're riding through Petaluma, you know cruising through the hills, <clears throat> come around a, a, a turn, you're not expecting to see a cow in the middle of the road and and if you come through and there's a cow there you're you know there, there's not much not much room for you to move uh, different to if it's it. a dog on the road and your dog got out well, yeah the dog's a lot smaller um, and it's not it's going to cause or, a lot or less a injury raccoon? but i mean but, animals but owner, get in the road the owner of the, the owner of the dog could still be liable potentially but with a cow this is first of all this is a business right this is a dairy farm oh. And they have people working there who were negligent in their duties, who left the gate open and let the cows wander out onto the road, right? So that is make, that is their liability for endangering the public by obstructing a public roadway. I have to say,
0: having ridden in Pakistan, where they let the cows out to go graze on the highway, when I say highway... Yes. You know, like it looks like a because, freeway, but there's a grass right. in the center barricade. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: Because the whole country of Pakistan is basically an open range. Right? Exactly. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You um, expect that there, not in the city of Petaluma.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that one. I that one I struggle with because animals escape.
3: Right, but but they escape because people are negligent. That's why. Well, I and think- that's that that's, that human negligence is where the liability comes in. That makes them. Uh, you know game for a lawsuit
1: yes well well, a line to draw here is what do we think is reasonable and common sense and acceptable the other is what does the american justice system allow for those can be two very different things (laughs) here's what i'm gonna say my personal
0: opinion is that when i am near schools or Homes with driveways, I slow down because you never know if a kid's going to run out. You pull out some candy. And when I am in farmland, I never know if an animal might be nearby. And I'm also cautious of that. I accept because it was not out of context to have a cow out of a pasture when you're riding through a road in the middle of pastures. Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll (laughs) say I,
1: I Googled the road and it's a two lane road through like looks wine country and all that kind of shit. Two lane road. But I would say, you know, if your profession's keeping cows, keep the cows in the gate. And if someone left the gate open and the cow yeah. wandered out the gate, because it's like the I looked at the farm's right there. So if they the cow mm-hmm. did wander out on because you and I, we'd all be yeah. doing probably 70 miles an hour. So right. I would say, you know, you're a professional farmer, dude. Keep your shit together. Don't let the cow out on the on the road
0: oh so you think the farmer should be mm-hmm. yeah, liable absolutely. yeah i think
1: the farmer should be liable yeah absolutely yep.
0: well there is no outcome on this yet so we don't know i i don't i i, well, again, I don't
1: i would say your common sense says yeah. slow down there's cows and stuff so your common sense is slow down so you don't do something silly and well hit here, a here's an anal- an, something analogous
2: if if my dog gets out runs down the street and bites somebody yeah i'm liable for that
1: yep why would exactly. it be different
2: if he ran out in the street and a bicycle and a, a motorcycles hit him and it went over
1: I'd feel yep. really bad. I'd feel terrible. Sure. <laughs> you yeah, but, yeah, but you're still
3: liable, though. That's
1: the thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I've, had had to, I've had to fend off dogs. So, yeah, yeah I no Fine. Oh, yeah. All
0: right. I have another one here, and then we'll get to yours, John. Yep. <clears throat> and this one, um, lawsuit filed against Mississippi cities by family of man fatally struck during police pursuit. The family of a Mississippi man killed during a police pursuit in August of 2022 is suing two cities, claiming the officer's reckless behavior led to the man's death. The family of Stephen Pearson is suing the central Mississippi cities of Pearl and Flowood nearly one year after the 47-year-old was struck on his motorcycle by a man fleeing police. In a June 26 complaint, Ray Gustavus, an attorney for the Pearson family, said the chase lasted 26 minutes and that police could have terminated it before Pearson's death. Authorities in Pearl said the August episode started after a city police officer attempted to make a traffic stop and the driver of a sedan took off. The officer pursued the vehicle into the neighboring city of Flowood, where police there joined the chase. It ended after the fleeing sedan struck Pearson's motorcycle. Pearson flew 20 feet off Hmm. his motorcycle to his death, according to the complaint. Gustavus said the pursuit violated state law. The family is also suing the man who fled from police and struck Pearson. Um, officers attempted to pull him over for a tent violation. Oh, geez. Three weeks before Pearson's death, another vehicle being pursued by Pearl police crashed into a U.S. Postal Service truck in Jackson, killing the mail carrier. That chase Mm. began when police attempted to pull over a man for speeding. So, um, the, a Floyd City (coughs) official did not immediately respond to phone message, request, and comment. So, police are in pursuit of somebody who's running from the police.
2: This is why a lot of departments have now have policies where they do not pursue.
0: And the exactly. family, which understand the family of the man who was killed they're They're, they're hurting. I mean, yeah, is it the, 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 I mean, I struggle with this one for a couple of reasons. I'm just going to throw these all out and then you guys can pounce all over me. How about <laughs> that? First off, uh, I don't think anyone has a right to tell the police that they should have ended it earlier. We are not trained in that. We don't know what they were dealing with. We don't know. um, In some cases they need to wait for approval from uh, a upper ranking, ranking officer to pursue. Uh, They have different counties have different rules on pursuit. I know. In fact, I was in Georgia once um, and I got pulled over on my motorcycle for speeding and the cop, said wow i'm surprised you stop we're not allowed to chase motorcycles and i'm like a middle-aged woman on a bmw touring bike you think i'm gonna run from the cops but they were so used to people knowing that if you run they can't chase so they were surprised <laughs> that i stopped
1: and probably still gave you a ticket
0: <clears throat> and still gave mm-hmm. me a ticket yeah. um the other thing i want to throw in it does not state and i do not know but i want to throw in the responsibility of the rider to wear all the right gear. So I'm just throwing this out, not knowing what uh, the law is in, was this Mississippi? Mississippi, what if there's a helmet law there, right? So if the rider is following the rules of the law, and isn't wearing a helmet, but is at higher risk of a fatality, should the police officers then bear the brunt of this, bigger claim of a fatality when or does the writer bear any of that responsibility to limit the chance of death you know what i'm saying
2: there is a yeah. helmet law in mississippi
0: okay good good good
2: <clears throat> so here's my yeah. here, here's my thought on this um i think the police are negligent especially if trying to pull somebody over for a non-violent offense like a tinting i mean that yep. just seems very similar for a misdemeanor to to try to try to chase somebody and put other lives in danger. Now, in my mm-hmm. in my thoughts, if it was an armed robbery, if it was something where there was a danger to the other public to let this person go, then I think a, a, a pursuit is justifiable. But I would say no. The cops are liable in this case and the person who fled.
0: I can also state, because I do watch a lot of YouTube videos of police chases, that you, now this is a suspicious activity. Why would somebody... Run from the police if they haven't done anything wrong, other than they're getting a tent violation.
3: That is that is a bullshit implication. because There's no belt. shortage of people. Liza, of people there are, they are, are they a, no shortage of people. Liza, there are no shortage of people in this country who are traumatized by the police <laughs> yes. and have every but, reason to run from them when they are confronted with them. But that, Bagel, is, that has nothing to do with guilt.
0: If that's saying that the police are not allowed to chase anybody who runs from them. We've now completely taken away all their authority. No. No, because they can
3: investigate. Exactly. They have they have license plate readers. They know whose car it is. They know which direction in. they have have aviation. They have all they have all kinds of technology and tools that they can use at their disposal to find the person who violated the law. If that's what they want to do. They don't need to do it as you know, like like in 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 Blues Brothers with a massive police chase that puts the entire public at risk because they want to have their thrills to go and have their little rabbit hunt out there. That's exactly what they're doing, and they're putting the public at risk, like this guy on the motorcycle who got killed as a result, because the guy had had tint on his windows.
0: Is it the result of the police chasing or the man
3: fleeing? Both. It is a result of both, and and but who knows? The guy primarily because the police the police precipitated it. Right. Exactly. See, this is
0: this is a case. This is like I think this is a fair argument.
3: And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying the driver is not at fault because the driver right. obviously was was exceeding the speed limit and caused and, and caused the collision that killed this guy. And he should get m- vehicular manslaughter too. at least, if not yes. murder. Ab- absolutely. But the cops absolutely played a role as well because they provoked <laughs> this person into doing that.
0: So basically we're saying police should not be pursuing somebody unless there is a known crime of a certain escalation point, a, right? Not even a
3: crime. I would... I would say only if there is there, there is immediate danger to the public, um, <clears throat> you know, because I, oh. I think that there are other ways that those that those those issues should be addressed yes. I, rather than having high speed chases in in populated areas.
0: I would like to point out that when somebody does flee, they have now escalated, and they are reckless endangerment. So now the police are yep. chasing them because they have they've stacked up. The, well, sure the, they
3: can. The police can provoke people into doing all kinds of things that are law violations. Wow. Sure, they can do that, but that's entrapment.
0: I, I'm Here, just playing. So Is it uh,
1: devil's advocate, fuck, like no, John? Fuck did, the police! Fuck the fuck police! The police. <laughs> well, I, I, fall, I come down with John. Is that John's
0: NWA? Yeah. Are you listening to NWA in your head right now? <laughs>
1: there you go. Twenty-four-seven. <laughs> <24/7. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> no, I come. not like with John, you know, it, it 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 depends on the offense. Like if this guy. You know, they they ran the plates and they had warrants for armed robbery or child abduction. Like, fuck, yeah, you're going to chase after the guy and all that. But if you're just, like, hanging out in rural rural bumfuck Mississippi and you're, like, unhappy with that guy's tinted windows or, you know, because, like, I don't want to say too much, but. And then you're like in a twenty minute, 20 30 yeah. minute car chase because yeah, it's just that's that. That's ridiculous. Then there's so I come down with bangle. I, I think it really gets down on the offense. And I will say, you give credit to law enforcement because you don't know when you know, what they're up against. And I, I would, I would give, I would err on the side of believing them and, and what went down. Well, but yeah, to that for, to that point, it mm-hmm. also put
2: their lives in danger.
1: Yeah, but so
0: let me that. ask you this: If you were on this jury, would you then? Factor in the cause the 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 reason for pulling the person over. So if it was something bullshit like tent, does that? Oh,
1: totally. Okay, I'd so i would be, like, that I'd be is like, a factor. I'd be like, yeah, you you owe this dead person's family some money, city. Because a, you got deep pockets. Secondly, you should train your cops better. Fucking half hour pursuit, right? Um, And yeah, you know what? You you owe this family some money. Yeah. You-
3: yeah. Yeah. Now, if it, and if it was somebody who was like, if this is a situation where there isn't like an active shooter who, you know, had a stash of weapons and the yeah, car totally, was going to right? shoot someplace else, you know, then that's a different situation where you need to, to stop that person immediately before they,
1: they do more harm. Yeah, like an abduction but, or whatever, right? Yeah, any of that kind now, of stuff. Now, we don't know Possibly, if this guy yeah. had
2: warrants out for his arrest or anything. But just,
3: yeah, if, yeah. even if there's an abduction, you know, I would say, I would argue an abduction is also not a case where you want a police chase, because yeah. then you're, you're putting the, the person who's abducted at risk of getting killed because of the chase, the high-speed chase.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say, again, as somebody who's watched a lot of police chase videos, once you watch one, they just keep coming up in your feed. Yeah. But I find oh, fascinating. Yeah. And, wh- and there are many times where, <clears throat> again, they have to get approval by a ranking officer Two, once they get into a city area, they, uh, and this is, I mean, there's different rules in different counties and cities, but in many of the ones I watch, they need to back off while they're going through a congested area, which I get. I mean, they there are, for some police, there are all these rules in place to limit that. I get it. I don't know what they are here. And maybe, maybe a lawsuit like this will cause them to look again at their pursuit. Rules
1: impact it and, yeah.
0: and make some change. This might be another case where a lawsuit might elicit change. I'm just going to say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, John, you have one there. It's kind of a long one, so yeah, I kind you can of paraphrase, paraphrase it. a little
2: bit. This is a really interesting one. Um, so this is a family in, I believe, Los Angeles. Uh, so a 17 year old kid and uh, went out and bought a motorcycle. 34 days later, he got in a wreck and lost his life. Now mm. the parents are are suing the dealership for selling him the motorcycle in the first place. Now the kid was killed because he made an illegal pass on a U-haul and ended up crashing and he was going at a high rate of speed. So the, cha- the so the question is now le- and let me just say the mom found out that there was the, there that he had bought the motorcycle and made him take a motorcycle training class. She did not make him sell it. So but she's contending now that he passed, that the dealership is responsible for the uh, for the kid's death.
0: This is a hard one. And, and, and no. I know, like... There's, no, it's... No. No, there's been cases well, I've heard of where somebody has gone in and bought a Gixxer, and mm. then they leave and, and die on their way home, and the family's like, why did you... They weren't an experienced writer. Why'd you sell it? Well, the laws don't say you have to be. So, in this case, I mean... Well, was, if you got an M1...
2: A motorcycle license, then that is illegal for a
0: minor to buy a vehicle.
2: No, I don't think he's an adult, too, isn't he? 17. Mm.
0: 17. I mean, we got two parents here. Yeah, is it illegal for a kid to buy? And I can tell you, I know the answer is no. You don't even have to be 16, you could be 14, save up your money and buy uh, a vehicle.
1: Yeah, and that's where I just come down on Darwinism. It's like lesson learned, you dumb, you dumbass. You know, you're gonna go buy a bike cash and just you know, I don't know, sorry. Um, but I don't, I don't think anyone's liable for that. I, no, so, but I think ethical, personal, th- personal accountability, I
2: mean, ethically, de- I think a dealership should not be looking at selling a, a, high, true. a high horsepower motor without parental involvement, but it's not illegal.
0: It's not illegal. And we've had this conversation. We've gone to dealerships and asked them, what do you do if somebody says first time rider, are you going to sell them the big bike? In this case, though, this was not a typical dealership. Mm-hmm. And because it was questioned about um, should they lose their license. Well, they don't have a license to sell bikes. You only need a license to sell if you sell more than six vehicles per year. This, I think, is a mechanic shop that maybe flips bikes or sells bikes. Mm. kind of like Mototown, right? Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: I don't think she's, she sells bikes. But sometimes she'll have a bike mm-hmm. she'll sell you, right? Um, and so they don't have a license. They don't have that responsibility. It's They're not selling new bikes. are not a dealership. This kid bought a bike. Is there any responsibility on the part of them? Yeah, Bagel?
3: Well, here's my question, because if he's 17 and mm-hmm. he buys a motor vehicle, that's entering into a contract. And as a 17-year-old who is not yet a full-fledged adult, is he legally allowed to do that without his parents...
0: Did he buy it on credit, John? Didn't say in the in the article. I don't think so.
1: So let's say cash.
0: I'm guessing so, this is a so. Used if he bike. buys
3: it with cash, mm-hmm. he doesn't. There's no concern about contract. What you're or anything, talking about
0: would only be if he was on a, uh, getting he had to credit alone.
3: Yeah, that's it. I see. So I, so if he's, I mean, if if there's no uh, no legal reason why he can't buy a bike for, with with cash that he's earned himself, I don't see how the that implicates the dealer in any of this because it's not the dealer's responsibility to educate him on how to use that bike that's up to him to to use it responsibly and safely for his own preservation so that's not the dealer's job
0: let me ask you guys a couple of questions do you need a driver's license to purchase a vehicle
1: i don't know maybe to take it for a test drive i don't know
0: the answer is no. I don't think so. Do you so. need a driver's license to register a vehicle in your name?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Mm, no, depends on the
3: state. No, that, you need a license to
0: drive on public streets. So
3: I, yes, but Liza, it may it may depend on the state too. Some she, states may not.
2: But, I I think this is a case of parental um, neglect. Only because I mean this is oh, what, so, wait, what? So this is what she said. Uh, when she saw him with the motorcycle, and this is the, uh, when I confronted him, the kid, about the bike, he wouldn't give me any information where it was, where the money went, where he purchased it from, said, said the mother. So she decided her son should just take safety classes. If that was my son and he came home with a bike that he wasn't prepared to ride, I'd be like, no, give me the keys. This is going to the garage until I feel like you're, it's, you're ready to ride it. And how is a kid going to buy a multi, uh, assuming it's a multi-thousand dollar motorcycle without parents not even knowing where the money came from and when they bought it? This well, sounds like a very di- uninvolved
3: mom to me. I mean, he may have his own job and and his own his own income that he can do that with. You know, he might have sold. You know, it's a lot of dime bags. Well, <laughs> could have sold other stuff too. He could <laughs> yeah. have sold his old PlayStation. Yeah, game. He, you never you know. know. He
1: bought it. You know, play play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But it's America. You buy but, shit and you have a good time. And if you you get jacked up, well, right. it's all
3: and, on you. And but here's the thing, though, is that <clears throat> that the mom did. Did tell him to go take the motorcycle course, and he did, and he passed. So he yeah. at least he had everything that he needed to be safe and responsible. Yeah, he chose poorly when he was riding. He made a bad decision that cost him his life. That's not the dealer's fault. That's not the the motorcycle trainer's fault. That's not even right. his mom's fault. I agree. That is his decision that he did, and he paid the price. I, I yeah. feel I mean, it sucks that that that's what happened, and I really think that he should have, you know, should have had a, a chance to 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 not end up that way. Yeah. But that was his doing, and to come back and and say the dealer is at fault for for <clears throat> selling him this bike when when the dealer didn't force him to make that decision. Had to, the bike
0: been faulty. My that's head.
3: a completely different story.
0: But
2: use used vehicles are as is. Let
3: yeah. The buyer beware. Yeah, as is. Well, yes, they they are. But there, if there was something egregious, especially if it's a repair shop that sold the bike, there's a responsibility there to to, to provide to provide vehicles that are road
1: worthy. Yeah. Well, if it, now, was, it, it, it was,
3: also it, it depends heavily on the state laws as well. But you know, but in in that case, that's a different ball of wax. In this case. The, it doesn't seem like there was anything that happened no. with the bike that caused the accident. It was, it was purely the rider's decision to make a really bad move on the road.
1: Well, one thing about the mechanic part, just real quick is it, mechanics. I think by Emma could speak to it, but I think by law, if you're an actual mechanic, you can't let a bike leave your shop knowing that it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. It could be right. unsafe, but you can't do it knowingly. So just that. Cap- right. I mean, you know what I'm saying, but
0: I'm going to say that, in this case, I don't think that the woman has a case. It'll be interesting to see. I yeah. do think that dealerships should bear some responsibility of assessing a writer's ability. I do think, mm-hmm. and I'm going to call in into account the bartender law. There are some bartenders who are held liable if mm-hmm. they continue giving somebody drinks who leaves and causes an accident. The bartender, in some cases, has been found liable, and I'm just saying, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say the same thing. I do think that there should be some responsibility. This is, I know it's sticky ground, because how do you even do that?
3: Yeah, how, I know, I know, how?
0: I know, but I'm I mean, saying that there's, I think that there should be some responsibility mm-mm. on I mean, the salesman. How?
3: But there's no way. No, for, I know, I know
0: it's hard, but I think I mean, just basically, that's what tier licensing is for, right? I mean, Let's make are, sure what that are, new what are riders are supposed aren't, to
3: do. What are they supposed to do? Ask the person questions? Are they supposed to give them like a I, skills I, test?
0: I, I know that it's not feasible. That's why I said, if the no. it may have to be the DMV to get involved. Well, to technically, if you have an M1, that's licenses. what
2: licenses are for. Like, if you have an M1, you passed <laughs> that test, so the, right. the DMV has already said that you're qualified to ride a motorcycle.
0: Right. Exactly. But in tiered licensing you can't ride a bike above your skill. Well, level. We don't have that. So I know, right, but, but I'm, so don't I'm have saying, that. I But, but that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that there, sh- I think that there should be some burden of responsibility for them to assess. Well, and, and now, I, should I, that I burden either. be
1: moral or should it be right. in the justice system? Cause while well, we're talking about, there's moral and right, common sense right. versus what does it say in the book? And here's where I'm at. If, if American law allows you to sue some poor bastard, and they deserve it. Sue the fuck out of them. I, I know some examples right now where American law allows somebody to sue somebody, and it's not like you're you're going to make someone homeless. It's 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 big corporation money. Fucking sue them because the the law allows for it. Well, well I mean, you get
2: into I mean, other conversations about like I mean, I'm I hate to say that I'm I'm I don't love helmet laws. I always ride with a helmet. I've never ridden without a helmet. But I just think at some point you got you got to make your own choices, and own decisions, and you live by those choices.
0: So, well, that brings up the conversation I was saying, I mean, not necessarily related to these conversations, but to these lawsuits. But if somebody is riding in a state where helmet law, there is no helmet law. And as a cause of an accident that they are killed, which their odds of death were higher because they weren't wearing a helmet. Is that now the penalty falls on the driver that maybe caused the accident? Or should any of that burden fall on the rider? And what we were talking about in the garage, which right. I kind of like this idea. Um, <clears throat> I was I was talking about maybe this is a poor example. I, I believe that people who have a very expensive car, like a Ferrari, right? Mm-hmm. If I was to accidentally fender bender in a parking lot with a Ferrari, it could be you know fifty thousand dollars in repairs, right? I don't I don't know that my insurance is going to cover all that. I believe that people who have a very expensive car and are taking it on the street, they have uh, uh, their own insurance to compensate for people's lack of insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think that the same should also apply if you are going to ride without a helmet, regardless of the law requiring or not, that you should take on some of that burden of the insurance of what may result because of that.
2: I, I do think they should, if, if you're going to ride without a helmet, legal in a legal state where you can you should carry
1: extra liability insurance
0: for we already know well, that statistically your hospital bills are going to be higher I, right? I would say
1: i would Put say the burden on a rider i would say well, let the free market determine that not government keep okay. government out of yeah. it let the free market determine just, that
3: just a, a caveat about that liability insurance is is your liability for right. damage and injuries you yeah, cause to spoke, other people sorry. but but yeah it would be like medical insurance mm-hmm. that for yourself that would need to be required for that yeah
2: and the truth is, is, if I back into a, a Lamborghini and the limits of my insurance go, you know, if I hit the limit, then then I'm personally liable for it, which is why I carry higher limits on all my stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, they could sue you. Yeah, exactly. That's controversial. Okay. So I have uh, one more here. <clears throat> and this one, um, this is interesting. This one, there is a resultant. So we'll see what you guys think. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm not going to say his last name because it is a French name that's hard to pronounce. Name, I think it's Joey Soulier, but I'm just going to call him Joey. How's it spelled? S O U L L I E R E Soulier.
3: Soulier. Yeah,
1: Sooyer. Joey. Joey. <laughs> so, um, bada bing, bada boom, made hey, Joey.
0: <laughs> That's Italian. Hey, right? how you doing?
1: <laughs> how you doing? So
0: Joey was riding uh, his motorcycle. So he bought a uh, two. He bought a used. 2009 Jixer 600. Cool. Okay. But he used 2009 Gixxer 600. <clears throat> he was riding uh, the motorcycle. I think this was in... Oh, he bought this motorcycle in 2013, 2009. And I believe that this result came to this year. Okay. So... <clears throat> Uh, He was riding his motorcycle, oh, in 2013, so it was four years old, um, when a Chevy Suburban pulled out of a shopping center parking lot and then stopped. Uh, Joey, who was going about 25 to 30 miles per hour, attempted to brake, but it wasn't working, and when he realized he couldn't stop in time, he locked up the rear brake and laid the bike down. He suffered broken bones in his right leg and left ankle. Suzuki... Recalled the motorcycle, uh, these motorcycles, in October of 2013. So, uh, five months after his accident. Due to a design defect that led to sludge buildup in the master cylinder and hydrogen gas in the brake fluid, which couldn't be purged from the system. Suzuki argued that there was no evidence of a defect in Joey's motorcycle and that he had the accident because he applied the brake too much. Um, mm. The company's attorneys also argued the driver of the suburban was at fault for the collision, and the company could not be blamed for what happened. If you didn't guess, Joey mm. sued Suzuki. Okay. Um, uh, Joey's attorneys had previously tried to settle the case back in 2018 for 6.9 million.
1: Oh my god! Jeez, that hurt. And
0: after the case was sent back for another trial. In 2021, they tried again for $1.9 million.
1: How bad did he get hurt? <clears throat> That's why we kill all the lawyers.
0: Broken bones in his right leg and left ankle. Uh, Suzuki offered $150,000 a week and a half before the end of the trial this year. And they said no. They wanted to go to trial. <clears throat> um. He said, uh, I was discontented with it, honestly, because I knew the punitive damage was not make Suzuki do anything about the brake defects, defect. Ah, so this is not, well, this dollar amount will, they already, issued, will, well, they already issued a
3: recall though, didn't they?
0: They did. Um, Houston said yeah. the company still hadn't fixed it after the recall. The problem still exists today. Suzuki's attorneys did not immediately respond to messages. Um, Let's see uh Houston explained that punitive damages are awarded in civil trials in part to deter future actions so um <clears throat> let's see uh a his attorney said his client is doing pretty well, but that's only because of his obsession with his recovery. He's been able to regain a lot of function out of his right leg by putting in a whole lot of work into his recovery. He was told originally he would never be able to walk again. He now has <clears throat> a slight limp because he cannot bend his knee fully um. <clears throat> So Suzuki's what do you a fault. think about this? Suzuki's a fault. Now, does mm-hmm, yeah. it matter that he bought a used bike Mm-mm. as is? No. No?
3: Not if it's a manufacturer's it? fault, well, it? fault. Question. How long did he have this bike before the crash? Uh
0: he so he bought it in May and he crashed mm-hmm. in June.
3: And had he ridden it at all between the time when he bought it and crashed it?
0: I don't have those details.
3: Okay. So I'm assuming he probably wrote it for, for a little bit at least have
0: to assume. Yeah.
3: Right. And, and then all of a sudden when he was writing this one time when the, the, the crash happened, his brakes failed. That, that sounds very much to me like, like this issue that they issue the recall for. And if there was a recall for defective brakes on this bike, and his brakes didn't work when he needed them, that sounds to me like but that an issue versus recall didn't
0: come out till after and were his brakes inspected.
3: Well, the, the recalls don't happen as soon as the problem happens. The recalls happen as a response to too many people wrecking their right. shit. But
0: we also don't know. <laughs> so, we don't know if there was a leak in the brake system like i doesn't I don't know that anyone inspected because it was before the recall, so we don't know if it was True. inspected. uh we just but, know that Suzuki claimed that there was no evidence of a defect in his motorcycle
3: but okay, but they they claim there is no evidence but but was that model was that bike subject to the recall? Yes. There you go. Well, then they have no leg to stand on. No. They can't prove that it wasn't defective because They're, it was already it was they had already issued the recall for that bike.
0: But they don't know that happened. that was the cause of the accident. They're oh, only responsible for it, it fixing matter. that replacing that part.
3: Yes. In a recall. But, That's it. But the the there there's a reason why they have recalls because there are defective parts and and systems in the bike that can cause situations just like this. And the fact that they hadn't issued the recall yet, frankly is 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 evidence that that Suzuki is probably more negligent because they hadn't addressed the problem that existed that mm-hmm. already existed at that point. they they still had not issued the recall by the time this guy had wrecked and if they but they if they had issued the recall sooner, it might have saved him from a lot of injury
1: and pain. Jim, but, you're,
0: you're being quiet here. I want to hear your opinion.
1: Well, uh, yeah, um, it's exhausting this conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at the same time, as true as all that is, bagelon it is—it's fact. You also cannot clearly draw a nexus that that was the result of the crash. I could just as easily say it was his inability or his lack of experience or something in the road or whatever it might be. Or lack so of even even though even though. The brakes were subject to a recall. They were defective, and they were on his bike. You still can't conclusively, to the same rule of law, say without a doubt that that was the cause of his accident. I mean, yeah, hey, I'm and, glad and, I got my leg still, but then it sounds like the guy's just yeah. like sue happy and all that because you know the nine million or whatever oh. his first number was. No, was he nuts. lost. He lost. But but, but that aside, limbs. that aside, you can't for certain say that was the cause of his crash. Being on a defective something with a potential defect.
3: We don't know entirely for certain. We we don't have all the facts here in front of us. Um, and, and it could have been something else. It could have been that somebody had cut his brake line that
1: day before he left the store. Who knows? Um, I think a car pulled out in front of him. I'd be like, holy shit. And I'd lock the brakes again, up, too.
0: Again, here's the car pulled
1: out. Yeah. like right? That's like but emergency stuff. those are not stuff. the deep pockets. But, yeah.
3: But even and, and 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 true, even if you lock up the rear, that shouldn't cause you to to go down and and you know wreck your both of your legs uh, at 25 miles an hour. I um, mean, I mean, there have been plenty of situations where I've only had a rear and I've had to panic stop and I've been fine.
0: Yes, um, but what's not mentioned in any of these cases is what kind of gear they were wearing. Was he wearing sneakers or was he wearing adventure boots or racing boots, right? Something that's yes. made to protect your ankles. I they don't mention it. I think that that should come into play. Do you guys want to know what did happen? Because there was a, a, yeah. a resolve on this. So sure. interesting. So in 2018, um, he won a verdict of 1.959 million. Um, and in compensatory compensatory damages, uh, and six million in punitive. Oh wow! Welcome Ooh. to America.
1: But wow. Suzuki
0: appealed mm-hmm. and won, <clears throat> and he had to pay one hundred and twelve thousand dollars for Suzuki's legal fees. Oh
1: geez, I was going to say the lawyers are who won in all this. Exactly. At At after day. he after he got the the claim from the previous, he won, suit, and or? then
0: they appealed, and he lost.
1: The and appeal got and, legal and fees. had and so got he didn't get anything. Then. No, he got no, no. He got more charges. Like, and then I just they, bought ten then, motorcycles. And what and do you mean? His, I got to give it back?
0: His lawyers appealed again. Yeah, uh-huh. and he was awarded eleven million. Wow, on, oh my god! Five thousand in compensatory damages and a hundred and fifty million in punitive damages. One hundred and fifty well, million following a five-week trial. Wow.
2: Jesus, lawyers made a lot of money Did there. You
1: verify that, like, yeah, we like,
2: what?
0: what? Yep, a total of one hundred and sixty-one million one found. Th- they that's, found that's Suzuki wow. liable,
1: so punitive damages. So I have a scenario I want to talk but, about. But
0: but hold on, and what they were saying again is, um, <clears throat> I, I was. Di- he said I was discontented. Uh, so he he said I warned Suzuki, be careful what you wish. Oh wait. Let me go back. Uh, when they first offered him money, you know, he's like, no. He goes, I warned, warned Suzuki, be careful what you wish for after the company appealed the first verdict. Um, I was discontented with it, honestly, because I knew the punitive damage would not make Suzuki do anything about the brake defect of the first verdict. That was his reason. The dollar <clears throat> amount is what's going to make Change.
1: That's why Suzuki's but, not in MotoGP anymore. Well,
3: hold <laughs> up, hold up. <laughs> that's true. They, they already issued the recall, though. They already issued a recall. How is he saying that's that that? I mean, that they're not going to do anything about the brake defect. They issued, Isn't that what the uh, recall was for? We don't know. The timing, I don't
0: know. Right? I mean, in a, in a recall, you. I mean, we know there are recalls put out all the time. How do you know about? Yeah. It? How do you know about it? You have to check the recall. You get that well, junk mail. You well, throw they're away. supposed
3: to notify second you as owner. The, as did he the get owner. the notice? Right.
0: Did he get the notice? Should've,
3: they sh- they should have sent he's... him a notice. That's legally their responsibility.
0: How do they know he owns it? D&D he's records. a second. Well, owner. If, okay. Yeah, if
3: he's second, if he's second hand, then I'm just, uh, not.
0: I'm just saying. Yeah. So isn't isn't that interesting? Yeah.
3: So
2: hmm. I have another scenario. Uh, this is hypothetical, maybe. So what if? We're at Vintage Motorcycle Days, and I'm riding in Liza's sidecar, half naked.
0: <laughs>
2: this is going to happen. And we are and we're we're, all
0: taking turns and in we're the do, barrel and racing. And we're doing a
2: barrel racing, and I might be a little drunk, so I fall out of the sidecar, and I get run over by Dinosaur Girls. Who's liable? Is the AMA liable? Is the Dinosaur Girls liable? On, is I, Liza liable? Hold on. Let me
0: just... You are liable <laughs> for gonna, not hold holding on. on. Yeah, I, I would like to amend this. Because I think this is very likely it may happen. So I want to know. Assuming John is drunk, falls out of my SARD car in the barrel racing as I continue to do another lap to come back and get him and run over him the second time. Am I responsible for him falling out in the first place or running over him the second time? Or is he no. responsible?
3: He is responsible for falling out. You are responsible for running him over on the second lap. <laughs> so who do I sue, Bagel? <laughs> and keep <being> me that lawyer? <laughs> sue everybody. Sue, uh,
2: sue for punitive damages. Uh,
0: Phil has deeper pockets than me, just uh, saying. Oh, yeah. He, and he installed the
2: sidecar. <laughs> Phil, we're coming, baby. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> oh.
0: <clears throat> so there you go. I thought yeah. that was interesting oh, because we talk about it's embarrassing when people do these big lawsuits. And you yeah. go, why? Why? Is it yeah. worth that? This guy got hundreds of millions of dollars to elicit change. Is that just kind of like what you're saying about the cops chasing? Is it the guy's fault for running or is it the cop's fault for chasing? In this case, is it the fault that the industry won't change unless they get sued for that high of amount? You know what I mean?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are trying to get away with, with, you know, cheaping, putting cheap parts in their bikes that may not work well in order to save a couple bucks. But if that comes at the cost of people's lives, that there needs to be some sort of way to fight back against that, and our our shitty legal system is apparently the only way we have to do
1: to do that. <laughs> hey, so what's <laughs> up with uh, Elon Musk and his cars hitting people in lawsuits? There's some deep <laughs> pockets there, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stopping get hit in by the left Tesla. lane of a tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So here's one more scenario I want to throw out for you because <clears throat> this nearly happened yesterday. Mm. So I'm a uh, Riding, Let's say I'm riding my KTM 990, I'm leading a group of people, and suddenly my bike turns off on itself as I'm riding, and people nearly run into the back of me. Is that my fault? Is it KTM's fault, or is it the fault of the people behind me who hit me?
1: Clarifying question. Mm -hmm. Were you aware of this defect before it happened?
0: Hmm.
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes but not not aware of how to fix it well so not, not the knowing problem, the source of the problem there is a problem but not aware of how to fix
3: it or what causes it to happen well
1: that's obviously because it's keeping ha- so you you were aware this was an ongoing issue
3: So, Liza, what you're saying is you're knowingly obstructing traffic,
1: huh? Leading a ride, knowing your bike would shut (laughs) off at any moment, and there may be inexperienced (laughs) riders behind you. What's your question again? (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) well. But again, no, it's motors. I mean, a lot of times it's just fucking motorcycles. It's be aware it's a dangerous sport.
3: Yes, but but every every rider needs to be r- responsible for their own yes their no, own activity, I, or, and they need to be prepared to stop if some someone else in front of them stops for any reason I agree. whatsoever. I so agree.
0: Th- so this did happen <laughs> actually no one hit me
3: mm-hmm. that's um, good
0: but it happened a few times uh, riding around Laguna Seca. Mm-hmm. That my bike would suddenly <clears throat> power off. This is a problem that has existed for a couple of years. That will randomly happen, but not frequently enough that I could really deduce it. And sometimes when I'm riding, it'll just power off and power back on. But you have to cycle the fu- the pump, uh, fuel, fuel, fuel pump, pump, and wait like three seconds before you can then put it in neutral because it won't start in gear. And then you know mm. do all the things. <laughs> Um, it has happened in, in inopportune moments. And it happened a few times yesterday. So today I was like, I need I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So uh this is on the nine ninety SMT. Um at first I thought it was jiggling the key. I could get it sometimes mm-hmm. to do it when I would jiggle the key and I thought that maybe the, the key cylinder was loose. Um and sometimes I could jiggle back and forth and I could get it to cycle. I thought that was it, so I decided I wanted to pull the cylinder to inspect it. It's really hard to pull a cylinder from a bike. They are put in with tamper proof screws. They're like meant lock to-
3: cylinder you mean? hmm A lock the, cylinder? The ignition. Yeah. The ignition, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay.
0: They are not meant to be replaced Mm-mm. easily.
3: No. <laughs> so <laughs> And that's not the problem.
0: Yeah, so I dropped the front fairing so I can get better access. <coughs> and in doing so, the wire, you know, the the the, the clump of wires come out mm-hmm. the bottom of it. I was jiggling those and it was shutting off. There you go. Electrical. Shut mm-hmm. And I'm not even having to run it. I just have it, you know, on so you can mm-hmm. see the the dash. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Ooh, it's like the, these wires are loose." Yep. Well, again, to properly fix it, I need to either replace it or I need to remove the cylinder so that I can assess if there's a broken solder on the bottom or, you know, I'm not sure what's going on there. But I found another fix that I'm hoping will work. I wanted to share with everyone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jim doesn't know. I I fixed it, I say in quotes. Mm-hmm. So here's what I found. So you have um, the wires coming out of the bottom. They come at an angle. They don't come straight out the bottom. And if I kind of reach down there, kind of tugged or jiggled, it, sometimes it would do this. So I decided the best thing, since I couldn't remove it or access the inside of the cylinder, that I zip tied those wires up to another wire, basically um, uh, making it so immob- the, immobilizing them, place, yeah. immobilizing them, so that even you know hmm. turning the handlebars, whatever, it's not not moving at all. And I figured here's my thought on this: zip tying it immobilizes. Either I fixed it. Or I'm going to make it worse over time because now it's got tension on it, and when it comes <laughs> to electrical, making it worse helps because then you can really discover the problem. And a lot of times with electrical, it's really hard to figure it out. So I figure this is uh, good. Yeah, it's better. Hope you not passing a pass semi and a semi. Fix and it happens or again. make it worse. <laughs> ah, I know. Anyway, I was pretty proud of myself. And we will zip tie this up and just keep it from moving
3: and hope. Yeah, and hope. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, there's zip a loose tie. Connection hope in. it works. Yeah, I mean, there's a loose connection in there somewhere. So, you know, putting some tension on it with, you know, a zip tie may be all that it needs to to stay connected.
1: Just, I'll just say you're, 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 I don't know if it's tempting the right word, but you're, the motorcycle gods are watching and they're like, we'll (laughs) we'll see how your fix holds up when you're, you know, judging the worst place possible. At that
0: moment, I decided to use the surgeon's code or the doctor's code. Um, Don't do more damage trying to fix something. That's a good. You know, oftentimes no they harm. will say leave the bullet in. <laughs> yeah, It'll yeah, do yeah, more yeah, damage yeah. to remove it. That's to,
1: always good advice when it comes to motorcycles.
0: Drill out and try to remove these tamper-proof screws?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh god, no. I, no, I well,
3: It's an endeavor. I potentially could yeah. have done
0: more damage. Yeah, no. To the bike. So there yeah, I use the doctor's code. So, um so that's my little you should fix. check
3: for a
2: recall. Let me know your opinion. Somebody,
0: (laughs) let me know your opinion. If if I'm liable, if someone runs into Mm. me. Um, But Jim um, and Bagel, John needs our help.
1: Mm. Mm. John,
0: John has a situation I became aware of today. Oh, that's an ongoing situation, and this is this is uh,
1: cannot be cured with a shampoo.
0: No, no, no. Uh, This I believe, (laughs) um, and it's not his problem per se, but it is his problem because he is the father. And I believe that parents should be able to decree a, a parent law and, 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 and make rules when they need to with your children that John is saying he can't do here that his son won't listen to him. So do you want to describe the situation?
2: Yes. <clears throat> so... um uh, my son, I hope he's not listening. Love you, Sam, <laughs> uh, is 28. So we're not talking about a teenager here, No, okay? he's not a kid. So during COVID, he, he wanted a motorcycle, begged me for a motor. But oh, I need a motorcycle. I really want to get a motorcycle, blah, blah, blah. So they were really hard to find. We did find a really good example in Nevada, which I drove to, which we drove together to pick up. Per- good running bike, all sorted out, right kind of mods. What kind of bike is it's it? It's a KLR. There you go. Brought it home. And he knew the whole situation. Sam, when you get home, you got to get it registered, and, and you're good to go. Because he'd already taken class, so he, he got a license.
0: All right, so he's being responsible parent here, mm-hmm. make sure. Okay. So we get home,
2: and a uh, couple weeks later, I say, Hey, Sam, did you get the motorcycle registered? And he goes, um, Well, I need help doing it. Okay, sure. I'll absolutely help you. We'll throw it in the back of the truck. We'll go in there, get the VIN checked out, and get it get it registered. All
0: uh, right, out of state. You got to yeah. take it in, yeah. No
2: big deal. So just we'll just figure it out. So... I never hear anything. A couple weeks later, Sam, you want to, when do you want to do this motorcycle? Um, well, and I'm busy right now. I don't have time. Two months later, hey, Sam, what do you want to do this motorcycle? You know, it's starting to sit for a long time. Oh, I, you know, yeah, we'll do it. Let's do it in a couple weeks. Uh, okay. Six months later, a year later, two years later, three years later. <laughs> yes. DMV is not going to like that. <laughs> now it's sitting in, my, in, in our garage, in our house, destroyed house. And I'm like, mm. I got to get it out of there soon. Mm. And I'm like... Dude, what do you want to do now? You're going to have a thousand dollars at least of of DMV fees.
0: Now you've got a bike that's been sit- a carbureted bike that's been sitting. This has been sitting. Mm-hmm.
2: Stupid California gas.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So now you're going to have to do carb clean, battery, new battery, new battery,
2: chains all is it rusty now. registered? Mm-hmm. No, in his ne- name. He
3: never registered it.
0: So back fees. Back maybe? fees
3: out the well. Blood. No back fees because it's out of state, right?
0: Mm. but i don't know but if the back is Cali-
3: well will they follow you ca-
0: i don't know
3: uh, well california here's the thing california expects you to register any bike 30 that days you buy right? within yeah. 10 days oh, i yeah. think wow. buy it um so there might be some penalties technically they could go back and require you to pay the registration yeah. for all two or three years that it sat there with all those after fees the yeah. yeah but your mileage may vary depending on the mood of the DMV clerk, right. clerk you talks to
2: that day. So my dilemma right now is now he's like, so he, so do I fix the bike knowing that yeah. he might never get to the round to registering it for him? Or do I, right now my stance is you get the thing registered and then we'll fix it.
0: Yeah, so that's yeah. John's opinion is... Uh, I'm gonna let him do. Does, does he have the title? Because I knew it was lost. He's at got one point. the title, so he has to go deal with this. And then John's like, and then I'll fix it. And I said, here's what I think is happening. I think, and we've all been there when you are out of emotional currency with a project. You're there's nothing left mm-hmm. to give. And I said, "John, I think what needs to happen is I think you need to fix it, get it running. That'll put some current emotional currency back in the so, bank for him.
2: Well, the problem is because is his situation's changed, he went back to school, blah, blah blah. So I don't think he has the money like he did a couple of years ago to actually get it registered. So and I can't go into my pocket for a thousand bucks or more. To but this get-
0: bike is sitting there rotting away.
2: Yeah, well, it's not my bike.
0: But it's your son's bike, so buddy, he's twenty-eight. It. Your bike.
2: <laughs> Jim, you're a dad. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It, it's a it's a catch twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like uh, you started the conversation. He's a grown-ass twenty-eight-year-old. Exactly. At the same time, you know. you're nagging him to register his bike. Well, because so. I got to get out of my you
3: house, Uh Oh. If he were to sell you that bike mm-hmm. at a steep discount, oh, at a at a really good price. <gasps>
0: Oh, yeah. Take advantage of his Liza need would of, buy it. of money right now. <laughs>
3: Liza
0: needs KLR. i give you a, a $1,500. Bill bucks. Of sale.
3: Now, I'm assuming the original title is signed over to yeah. him, right? Yes. Okay. So if you go to the DMV, if he sells the bike to you where it becomes your KLR, that is a new transaction, which you can then take to the DMV within 10 days to register with no oh. fee. Oh. So that could be a solution to the problem because obviously he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of investment into this bike and a whole lot of interest in it either. No. So if you would be interested in another KLR, that could be a solution to the problem. I actually offered
2: that to him and he swore to God he still wants it. So we're back Mm. at, we're back in the gray zone.
0: And then hmm. Cooper was uh, has been bugging him to help him fix it too. Yeah, so he's got all these offers to help. Hey, him. Hey,
2: Cooper offered to take it and fix it, so I'm like, hey, go for it.
0: So I said, this is where you got to say it's Big Papa's rules well, right now.
2: Mm. He, you could gotta get this to done.
1: he could
0: sell to Cooper. He could. Cooper might need a new bike
1: right now. There yeah, you know. go. <laughs> yeah, KLR would be pretty attractive this is, right now.
0: he it hardly went down a hill.
2: Yeah, the problem. The other problem he has right now is when we bought it. It would, well we we, we bought it for three thousand. It would have been worth five during that time. Yeah. Now we're, the way it sits, it might be worth a thousand if he's lucky. No,
0: that's not true. It's a Gen two.
2: It's a Gen two. It's a le- it, twenty eleven. Still
0: worth three grand
2: yeah.
3: when it's fixed oh, yeah. and yeah. registered.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, well, it just needs a carb clean, right? Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, is it a plastic tank or steel tank? Steel. Mm, that could be a problem. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, now, okay. Here's the dilemma. Well, I just want to get you two to vote. Yeah. Should he fix it? And then hope that Sam will get it registered, or should he wait until he gets gets it registered to no. fix it?
3: Because you can get it registered like. without it
2: running. That's not a problem.
3: Yes, you can get it registered without it running. That is that is the that is the hold up at this point. There is no point in fixing a bike that's been sitting for three years right. if it's just gonna sit for another three that's, years. That's exactly my point. <laughs> that that's pointless. That's not gonna motivate him to get it registered. If 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 having the bike Itself is not enough motivation for him to get it registered. COVID, yucks.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. I still think you should get it fixed, <coughs> only because you have the garage to bring it down to. Because
1: you think you can buy it for twelve hundred dollars. As,
0: <laughs> as as soon as you've got a,
2: it's got a KLR size hole in your life yeah, right now. Exactly.
0: As soon as you get your scooter out of there, yeah, you well, can bring the KLR. That's down. a whole other conversation. Yeah, well, um, we got time for a couple emails. Bagel, I sent you one. Did you get it? Uh, yes. Uh, are you ready for it?
3: I am ready. was <laughs> <That's, laughs> like, do it. And this email says good vibes email from Dave Russell, Scotland. Eh, oh, ah, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, misfits. I've been meaning to write an email to you guys for some time now, so here goes. I've been listening to the podcast for over a year now, and it's fantastic. As I listen often, as I listen, I've often wondered why I like it so much. And then I realized that it's because it's like talking, talking and hanging out with my own bunch of friends over here. We are into the same stuff, same humor and the same outlook on life, love and friendships, etc. I'm sorry if I waffle on a bit here, but I'm not the best at emails and words. More of a face-to-face conversation person. We have Dodgy Dave. That's me. (laughs) Itchy Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Tom the Birdman. (laughs) Dave Ski. Resting bitch face, <laughs> does, and a few more. Stumpy John's
0: not so bad anymore, I know, is it's it? It's better, resting
3: bitch face for sure. Oh, itchy. <laughs> itchy
0: Neil, I,
1: itchy I, uh, Neil. That's because his parts are kind of wet. When they dry, they get itchy.
3: <laughs> I joined the misfits club. I've been planning to for a while to help in some small way with the day-to-day running of the show, and to help with the appreciation days. Oh, thanks so much. I, yeah, he cool. was almost moved to tears when Stumpy Bergman got his day. That's what friends are for. Mm. I've yet to go down the Chinese rabbit hole, but we have, but but have been down the <laughs> Korean maxi scooter path. I thought he was going to say something about Thailand. Okay. <laughs> and French yeah. moped holes.
0: Oh, these oh, are holes
3: oh, I have oh, discovered. Oh, it's a whole episode. Oh. So I know what it's like. I know you guys are are heading over to the UK and have an itinerary sorted. But if you change your your mind, then you have a safe, welcoming place up here in Inverness. There's a space for bikes and people, etc., I'd make the time to join you but the last 9 months have been taken up with a new baby. Oh, new toy. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So, daily adventure bike adventure time has been curtailed to the daily commute and odd morning blast. Inverness and in the Highlands has some outstanding riding, both longer trips and classic days out. Inverness would be a good base for this. When you do decide to come here, if you need help with where to go and what to do, then just let me know. As I work as a paramedic, Ooh. so I'm either, either flying or driving all over the highlands, so I have a pretty good handle on all the roads. I've waffled on for too long now, so I'll bid you farewell. Safe riding and adventures. Love from your new superfan, Dave Russell.
1: Hey! Uh, Well, I can attest, so I have ridden motorcycles around Scotland for a couple of weeks, and Mm -hmm. Inverness, I will actually be up in that area uh, later this fall. Yeah, so I'll be going (laughs) from Edinburgh up to Pitlockery, the seat of my clan. From there, we'll go over the Kilngorns, drop into Nairn, zip over to Inverness, and possibly hang out for a bit. And oh, right. then back down to Fort William and Glencoe and back to nice. but Locker. Uh, nice. Yeah, right on. Well,
0: David, I, I appreciate the um, the offer. Um, Kat and I are not planning going to Scotland. I'm like, can't we just zip up there for a day? He's <laughs> like, no. If you're going to Scotland, we have to go oh, to yeah. Scotland.
1: Do it. Do it. Scotland is magical, yeah. man. Yeah, have a Weedram for us. You don't just do Scotland. <laughs> no. Scotland's killer.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not as uh, good. Wait. You know what? The... Hmm? I'm going to send this another one to Bagel. It deserves Bagel reading it. Maybe, oh, really? Jim, you can read the one that you have.
1: Okay. In the meantime, all right. This is uh, from Mike Williams. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. CF Moto at Laguna Seca. Uh, hey, Ms. Fitz. Thanks for last week's episode from Laguna Seca, the review of the Ibex uh, 800. It was interesting to hear your impressions and discussions about CF Moto's bikes, because last week he became the owner of a 650, a 650 Adventura. Oh, oh. Known as the mm. 650 MT in the rest of the world. For the past several years, I've owned both uh, BMW, RT, and GS. Uh, this gave me great bikes for both pavement and dirt roads, true. And I loved them both equally until two weeks ago. Hmm. While out riding, the shock collapsed on the RT, mm. and it was going to need a total replacement at a cost of wow. two grand, including labor. Uh, as a full-time graduate student, that wasn't, wasn't going to happen. So in, instead, his GS became his primary bike and decided to trade in the rt on a small commuter even with the broken shock the rt trade-in value covered most of the cost of the new cf moto Uh, in no way does 650 compare to the rt but it's a great way to get around town and in fact it's covered by a warranty at my local shop provides a great deal of comfort that's true new bike and warranty uh so actual owner so far the cf moto has been a lot of fun I know what works for me and may not work for everyone else. The Kawasaki versus is a more refined bike in this category. That's a good comparison. Um, But given his limited budget, he decided it was not worth $3,000 more
0: $6,800 list price. And this is the one that has the, Kawasaki, yeah, that's the six.
1: See, I thought it's, that was a great deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you get up to the bigger ones, not so much. But this was a killer deal. It's got what the upright street bike? bike, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's got the the dirt oriented thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so far he's digging it. Um. Decided it was now worth three grand, which is real money. He'll keep us posted on how it turns out. Thanks for the podcast. Keep it up. Yeah. Goodbye, RT. Hello, CF Moto. That, that's the bike. You general. heard it here first.
2: Yeah, I remember seeing that yeah. at. A, wasn't that at a, aim. Uh, it may have been. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But
1: think about it. The rear shock for his BMW was a third of the purchase price almost yeah, of, crazy. The, of the fucking CF Moto.
0: Uh, did I give you one, John? You yeah. got one? Yep. <clears throat>
2: okay. This is from Num Nuts Matt.
0: Hey.
1: Hey. We like Num Nuts
2: Matt. There's Stumpy John, Miss Stumpy, Naked Jim, and Liza. What a fantastic <laughs> Saturday.
0: Yeah, but agreed.
2: Thank you very much for letting me ride with the group down to Arma at Laguna Seca. I could not have asked for better company. Excellent breakfast on the road. Big thanks to Mrs. Stumpy for spitting one of those huge breakfast plates. Dude, that hash look
1: killer. <laughs> I'm was, getting that yeah. next time.
2: Great conversation, <clears throat> uh, coffee conversation with Jim, John, and next meal's on me. Anything you want off the Taco Bell value menu. <laughs> Apologies in advance, Mrs. Stumpy. That's not. That's not funny, Matt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> racing action was cool, cool. Especially the cacophony of exhaust notes provided by the myriad historic sport bikes. Laguna Seca's fresh asphalt would lithely would lively through the hills with a black ra- racer snake. Okay, mm-hmm. the corkscrew is no joke. Liza's enthusiasm for motocross made watching dirt bikes effing yeah. awesome. Like taking my kids to a monster truck show. I can still smell fuel rubber and sandy dirt in my handsome mustache. I wonder if anyone knows of some kind of male grooming products that could help me. I told him Nair is probably the best thing for him. <laughs> the real highlight of the day was also meeting, meeting up with more mats. Thanks to Breaking Away <laughs> Matt for the shady spot. And welcome to the new nickname, Fold, Matt Also. Today is the greatest, that um, also, truly the also. greatest name for the greatest people. Ride slow and don't gamble. nuts Matt.
0: Hey. Yeah,
1: Matt's great. He went, What right. a great writing I guy. guy. I, I was really glad he joined us. That was a, a yeah. nice addition.
0: All right. We got one more. You got this one, Bagel?
3: Yes. This is from Simon Vessel, And he says, hello, from your favorite <laughs> Swede. Simon. Simon. Long time no see. I kind of fell off the wagon with regards to listening to your podcast. But fear not. I'll soon be up to speed again. I am currently listening to episode 497, where you mentioned Miss Emma's method of charging changing tires. <laughs> I know you have a YouTube channel. Can you pretty please film the process the next time Emma does a tire change? I'm looking at one- you,
2: John. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. That's absolutely absolutely.
3: One thing I really like about one thing I really dislike about the times we live in is that we expect to hand off more and more of regular maintenance to brand workshops. You need special tools, machines, and computers to do the most basic things. Skills that were common to previous generations are being lost. I know technology advances, and that might require experts to a larger extent. However, in this particular case, I think it would make a great piece of documentation, tutorial, or just an opportunity for Emma to flex her skills. Side note, our newest car requires tools just to change a headlight bulb. Mm. Our older car and every car I owned before that does not require tools. Maybe they have good reasons for this design but I suspect it also makes a lot of people take the car to the workshop instead of just doing it themselves. I love you Simon oh. the sweet.
1: Oh, thank you, Simon. Simon. And true true He my yes, cockles.
0: Thank you. We need that nudge. Um, is that the
1: is that the entire changing video from the camp out? Oh, do you have a video of her doing a tire? Ooh.
2: Yeah, I, I did take some video there, but it wasn't anything oh, yeah.
1: I could produce. It'd be fun Uh-oh. to get live,
2: get Emma in here and just actually do a proper video. Dude, yeah, that one she did it. at the camp Better house was money. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But this, yeah. is, this goes totally into the whole right-to-repair conversation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think he's probably correct that a lot of these car manufacturers are making it... Pr- It's intentionally difficult to do simple things like change a headlight bulb so that you have to take it to the shop. Right. Because otherwise you're going to have to buy special tools and then that's just not Mm -hmm. cost effective.
0: All right. I won't even get there. I was going to play devil's advocate. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. We'll bring it up another (laughs) time because I needed to say VMD.
1: V- VMD, yeah. Make sure the M's in there. it's coming, yeah.
0: <laughs> Vintage Motorcycle Days, you guys it's coming? I know days. I got to get my
1: poncho, got to get my emergency weather poncho. <laughs> the M uh, is not optional. Get you sleep now. Yeah, I know. Start <laughs> hydrating now.
0: Um, so, just uh, for anyone yep. who is going to be coming to Vintage Motorcycle Days, um, heads up: uh, we are going to be doing a live podcast in front of uh, uh, audience in the in the infield saturday at 4 p.m it's in the schedule as 3 Mm. p.m but there is the awards going on for the bike show at 3 p.m so anyone who reads that and shows up being like it's after that it's after that (laughs) 4 p.m 4 p.m they got they got it wrong in the schedule but it is going to be the cleveland moto motorcycles and misfits No moto podcast extravaganza (laughs) <laughs> yes we're all gonna be there so come on out um nice. and i just wanted to give a shout out to uh josh uh josh sent me a message saying he just broke his ankle
2: uh. oh, oh, and shit. he's
0: got two camping spot and five day passes We should let craig
2: know so we can get giant craig there
0: uh can he no i know i don't know if he can
1: he was thinking two about camping it. spots and five passes
0: yeah that he Dude. that he can't use wow so, i know i know man i know so That's reach out to me if you if you haven't bought your tickets yet and are coming maybe we can uh help him out he was i saw him on the message boards he was like do you think it'll be okay if i come with crutches and people were like i don't know man it's gonna be they, muddy and like they, they
3: got golf carts
0: <laughs> yeah but you can't they're too late to rent them
1: maybe maybe, maybe find somebody with a sidecar yeah, uh, there is that possibility
0: Ooh, but yeah that's that's going to be rough with a freshly broken ankle yeah
3: definitely and that'd be the best I, I said probably
0: a wise decision and if you come to vintage Jays, you won't be making wise decisions there
3: Noob. unless unless you do like phil doesn't put your your motorcycle boot on there
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and leave the boot on so
2: um that's it. What do you guys think? Well, one other thing. Uh, we have a little birdie flown that's flying the nest today. Yeah. So just a shout oh. out to Ellie, who's moving up to
0: Washington. Oh, yeah. Did she oh, come, did she she come by today? She came yeah. by, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. goodbye, Ellie. We'll yeah. see you and, until next time. Have fun. She came out to me to say
0: bye and give me a hug. And I'm like, scram, kid, get out of here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope to see her up here in the Pacific Northwest at some point. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's going to Seattle. Um, nice. So, yeah, if people are coming to Vintage Days, Come find us yes. in the uh, campground, and it's and simple. Follow your nose. <laughs> <laughs> there's two camp. When you go to the campgrounds, there's the right side and the left side. Left side is family. Don't go to the left.
3: Yeah. Go to the just, right. Just follow, look, and follow, follow the, the Bourbon Ferry
0: and take the right, Take the road all the way to the last aisle against the edge of the event, and then make a right. We'll be halfway down on the left.
2: Look for the naked yeah. guy running around.
0: Look for the pop-up tent. Mahal.
3: <laughs> then Phil's going
0: to be creating all the tents strapped together, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have. Should I, think, bring,
1: hmm? should I bring an easy up too?
0: I don't think you'll need to. Okay, he's got it. He's got it covered.
1: Condoms and Lysol.
3: I'm going to have a very a very Honda VMD this year. All um, right.
0: All
2: right. I'm, nice. I'm
3: bringing my my 1970 CT70 and my 82 passport, and and they both need some still need some work
0: and they both need to be uh tested on the barrel racing track. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. If if we can get them running, yes.
0: <laughs> well, you can always let uh Johnny Mac diddle them. He's got the gift with the Honda. He is the Honda whisperer.
3: So so I have heard I I'm, I'm hoping that that we can we can work some magic there. On, on Thursday night or something. We'll, we'll see.
0: And I just wanted to give another shout out to Phil Cleveland. He's the best host. yep mm-hmm. He takes care yep. of us. I look forward to this so much, mostly because he's got it figured out and sets everything up so that we can have the best time and not worry about a thing. So yep. I, that's awesome. something that really makes it awesome. Yep. So, um, this is also the time we say thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, thank you. They're the best. Uh even our ones in Scotland.
1: Oh I <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I know. I appreciate it. Send us your emails. I want to know about let's hear about some more like lawsuits in your opinion. We always always think of them as frivolous, but maybe there's a reason. I mean, do you remember the one at Laguna Seca a few years ago? Guy riding the track day went yeah. off, went wide, yeah. hit a hit a sandbag. Yeah. Um and he lost that, but ended up putting the, the track day uh, out, of out, business. Out, of, out of business.
1: Yeah, in a yeah. bullshit American lawsuit. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick Scotland story. When I was in mm-hmm. Nairn years and years ago, we were in a car in very narrow streets with stone walls. And we pulled out in front of the intersection a little bit, and a car hit us. Our fault. You know, we pulled out, couldn't see. She may be going a little fast. Whatever. She hit us and said, so, so sorry, so sorry. The Scottish woman got out, was so concerned about us being Americans, and oh, you're on holiday and everything else. So she actually, while we we're hanging out, just, you know, making sure we're doing the right thing, getting mm-hmm. our paperwork order, she ran down the street to her uncle's house, got a broom and a dustpan, swept up the glass in the street, and then said, okay, everything's fine. Hope, you know, again, sorry you had a terrible holiday and have fun. Wow. Just so different than America. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I want to I hear it. You know what? I'm going to say, I would like to hear from people in other countries, Australia, England, right? Other countries,
1: Australia—they are... just slap you for being stupid. Oh,
0: I know, <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, do lawsuits happen there? Have there been any interesting lawsuits? Have in Mexico, they listened? Change, in jail. yeah.
1: Mexico—you end up in a barrel. Or do you, or do you <laughs> think <keep> that <laughs> taco money? Handy? Or do you think it's all bullshit?
0: Let us know. Send us an email at motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail We want to hear from you. Keep those emails coming. Let us know what you think. So uh, this is it. We're wrapping up next week. I'm going to try and get the podcast out Sunday night, though we are going to be still recovering recovering. and still in Ohio. But um, we're going to be there recording and doing some special stuff. So it may come out a little late, but I will do my best. So, um, Let's wrap it up and get out of here. And I got to go pack. I'm ready to yeah, go.
3: I got I got to pack too. I'm leaving first thing tomorrow morning. And I still the bikes to finish putting together.
0: This is it. I can't <laughs> wait.
1: Buenas All
0: right, thank you, everyone. Don't forget, to go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com Find com. Find link to everything there. I've got Instagram, some shirts from s- for Facebook. sale. Instagram, Facebook, Discord. Discord. Check it all out. All right, thanks, everyone. Let's get out of here. This is Liza.
1: Snippy John, Seamus, Bagel.
0: And we are out of here.
1: Cool, cool, cool. 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 <laughs> 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 All
0: right, what the Seamus
1: Gaelic for James. Oh, okay. <laughs>